0: The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Mike, we've got an incredible guest coming into the Bojangles studio. Steve Mill comes over to DEI and was an integral part of uh, the success there.
1: I hate to even think about what 2004 to 2006 would have been like without Steve Mill. He was sort of the bandage that covered up wounds and scars. Actually helped
0: my career um, stay on the rails, if you will.
2: Basically, what I learned at school was drinking beer and how to do my own laundry.
3: This
0: They're is every like,
3: week, okay? Well, <laughs> buckle in. What? <laughs> yeah. What?
0: This is another one of those moments where I'm gonna sit across from the we'll table with somebody, and there's something unfortunate happened that involves dad or dad's team. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. This is episode 413, and it's time for our guest this week. Mike, we've got an incredible guest coming into the Bojangles studio. Steve Mill, finally, uh, coming on to the Dale Jr. Download. I don't know why we haven't Steve, uh, had Steve on here before. He's certainly an ally. Um, one of the things that I think is incredible about Steve is uh, the longevity of his career Different organizations that he worked for, Petty Enterprises. Uh, He worked at Hagen's when Terry Labonte won the championship in 84. Uh, He worked, obviously, to create what they have as a dynasty at Roush Racing um, and all those years with Mark Martin. Then he comes over to DEI and was an integral part of uh, the success there in some very difficult times and uh, actually helped my career um, stay on the rails, if you will. So I, uh, I'm i looking forward to getting him in here. He's certainly, uh, you know, when we talk about allies uh, and ally, we're thankful for them supporting this segment to bring our guests to us every week. Steve Mills definitely one of those.
1: I hate to even think about what 2004 to 2006 would have been like without Steve Mills, part of DEI. Like he was sort of the bandage that covered up wounds and scars and some, you know, animosity and bad feelings. And he was just the one that we all could rely on. He was your spotter at first, then your yeah. crew chief. 2005 was one to forget. But then you go in and win a race at Chicago with, uh, with with Steve Mill on the pit box. And, I mean, I'm telling you, like – That was something that – Couldn't some, believe it. Well, that was, like,
0: the, the thing I wanted to accomplish in my career that I didn't know I wanted to accomplish. Yeah, I hear you. You know, winning a race – After watching him do everything he did with Mark Martin – and then when he came to work for us, I was kind of uh, shocked that he was there. You right. know, wow, this guy's with us. And uh, then he comes on, and, and, and we end up running a race together. In and, in a, you know, I can't wait to talk to him about yeah. what that was like for him. I know how it made me feel. And I don't think we've ever really sat down and talked about it. So, anyhow, we got a lot to get into with Steve. Let's get him in the room.
3: Let's do it.
1: <laughs> you just I look as good, good as that. ever, though. No, I wish. But you
0: look the same. He me. does. Oh, yeah. man. Have a seat. Put on some headphones. So, Steve Mill, man, it's been a long time. When's yeah. the last time I saw you?
2: Oh, gosh. I guess at the racetrack in maybe 2011. God. Yeah. 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 been a long time. Yeah.
0: So, um, I heard that you, we got all our notes here, I heard that you started a you started a custom truck company a couple years back? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing these days?
2: Uh, same thing. Yeah. yeah. What um, is that? Well, we build uh we've built stuff for uh TSA, FBI, uh police departments, all kinds of municipalities um blood mobile buses um, mobile right now we're doing a whole row of about 35 or 8 uh mobile doctors' office. OBGYN uh, dentist, and uh, the m- municipalities buy them and they'll park them at maybe a Walmart in, in a, in a poor part of the country and uh, people can get looked at and worked Man. on get their teeth fixed and what have you so yeah. yeah we do a lot of stuff did a lot of stuff for the Middle East
3: yeah
0: that's so far removed from racing cars
2: well yeah I, I had to do something I, I got a I got a couple things on my mind There's the reason I did it. Hopefully it will grow and it, it's already growing very quickly, but uh, I'm going to die before Shane dies. So it's about a hundred thousand dollars a year to keep Shane going. So I need to have a pretty good amount of money that I can leave to him and his brother. So yeah. he can go on with all his, whatever he needs necessary to keep him rolling along, you know? So hopefully this thing will grow and eventually I'll
1: probably sell it, but I'll be, 80 by then <laughs> i'm <Yeah>. sure <laughs> i don't know i th- you you're the kind of guy that i feel like you just be in your prime at 80 i hope so yeah i feel like i'm 18 now <laughs> I but, mean, i'm serious yeah. yeah you you uh you always had that that thing about it where i mean i feel like you could just lead something any any time you're ready i mean you're passionate about it and so like this started when with this this company 2019 that you built? 2019. 2019 so oh,
2: it's still, new. still relatively new right yeah. yeah yeah okay but we're doing well we do we do okay you know we've We've learned a lot, and we've built a lot, and you know, we know who not to deal with now, basically, and who to deal with.
1: What know? did you mean by your uh, impact in the Middle East? Uh, w- well, we've built we've built uh, bomb
2: material detecting vehicles, and uh, bomb uh, you can blow up a bomb inside the vehicles. You know, things have gone to Jordan, Egypt
0: uh a couple other places over that way yeah, yeah. and i mean yeah. you started a new company in 2019 when it was probably the worst time to start a new company in in the country with the pandemic and everything that we went through and your your company survived it like a lot of a lot of people didn't
2: handle that very well so yeah well see here here's another thing they they people talk about recessions we've been through before you know little minor depressions and so on and so forth and i'm like I don't even remember that. I was just racing, you know what I mean. So, you know, I'm pretty oblivious to the real world. Actually, (laughs) we all are. It's not anything to brag on, but that's just the way I'm made.
3: Yeah, no, that's
0: good. Well, I want to. I listened to an interview you you did recently, and um, you are the perfect person to have in at this table because when I talk, when I what I love to do is learn about. The history of the sport, and I love, uh, you know, I love where you've been and where you came from in the sport is part of the sports history that I'm most fascinated about, and that's sort of the late '70s. And so, um, I know that you you kind of got your start throughout the '70s, but your dad uh, owned. Modified up in the northeast.
2: Pavement modified, yeah. yes, sir. So yeah. your
0: family, so you were around race cars from the day you were born. You when you is that true? Like do you remember like yeah. being as a child, there was a car in
2: the garage? I was born in fifty three and I went to the New York State Fair USAC championship car race in nineteen fifty six. So, you know, I don't remember, but there are eight millimeter films of it. So <laughs> really, you know, yeah. So I can go back and look at it and go. And when anybody, anybody asked me, you remember that? Oh, yeah, this guy led to a, you know, but yeah. I'm, I'm just full, <laughs> full of it, you know. <laughs> but you grew up around racing. Yes, sir. Working on cars. Mm-hmm. And
0: so what was your first job in racing? Like, not even a paying job. Like, what was the first physical thing you did to a race car?
2: Changing quick change gears. All
0: right, for yeah. your dad's
2: cars? Yeah, yeah.
0: And so your dad drove?
2: No, sir. He, w- he, he owned just cars. Owned mm-hmm.
0: Who drove for your dad?
2: A fellow named Brian Ross, real good modified racer. Yep. Yeah, he won Pocono and things like that. It,
0: on the on the little track or the, on b- the big track tra- on okay. the three quarter mile. Yeah, because they used to, a lot of people don't know that at Pocono they used to race modifieds on the frustration. Yeah,
2: road. and I actually think the the back stretch is kind of like under the garage area now or something. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't, you, you <laughs> probably went there when you were younger, but I
0: yeah. don't mar- now, but I know what you're talking about. Like yeah. looking at aerial photos and stuff, you yeah, can see some of that history. But so, how do you uh, you went to junior college? Yeah, did you finish?
2: Two years, yeah. You got your yeah, same yeah. here. Yeah. So uh,
0: well, I, I don't know what I. I did a one and a half year, so I would that, quite that, a. You didn't finish. I like a freshman college, <laughs> 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 sophomore college. Well, well,
2: where'd y'all go, Mitchell in Mitchell town? Mitchell in you town, it right. MIT. <laughs> yeah, MIT. <laughs> yeah, Mitchell. <laughs> what was
0: your uh, major in college?
2: Uh, automotive technology. Yeah, same
0: yeah. here. Okay, so what was your your plan if you are racing? You know, if you didn't find a job in motorsports, that was gonna you know, were you going to be a tech?
2: No, I never looked past it. You never I, did. Yeah, I was gonna go do something. You and know. so
0: you got a, you got a, you went to school and got an automotive degree just because of the connection to car, right?
2: Yes, and I had a scholarship from the state of New York. Really? For, uh, I There was like three people that. We had to go to a big thing, and three guys scored as high as two other guys scored as high as I did on this particular test. And these other two guys, they were going to do this and they were going to do that. And they said, What are you going to do? I'm going to work on race cars, you know, <laughs> which is really a ridiculous thing to say. I'm sure it embarrassed the heck out of my family. But I was fortunate that I did well in school. So yes. I had a little scholarship, and they paid for all that stuff. But wow. Basically, what I learned at school was drinking beer and mm. how to do my own laundry. Mm. Yeah. I'd, I never, I'd never. I, I didn't get to the making my own bed thing. It was always yeah. a mess. I but, got that same degree. Yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, it's honorable. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's yeah. what everybody needs. where it's got us. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so when you get out of school, um how did you, you wanted, you were going to find a job in motorsports, right?
2: Yes, I loaded up, I had a 69 Chevrolet pickup truck, and I loaded what I had in the back of it and put a tarp over it. And, had a thousand dollars in my pocket that I'd saved, and my dad had give me a little bit of money to add to to make it a thousand and uh, left for north carolina and
0: what was the um, emotion around you leaving from your family
2: Well, I have five brothers and sisters, so they were uh, they were a little nervous about it. I'm pretty sure my mom and dad thought they'd see me in about two weeks. So, you know, oh, they, okay. they weren't yeah. all the pieces by any okay. stretch. You know? <laughs> they thought you're coming right back. Oh yeah, he'll be back. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so, where'd you go? Who'd you call? How'd you know where to go?
2: I went to a, a good friend of mine that I had known previously. He lives uh, right near where I live now. His name is Clyde Still, and he was around racing at Bowman Gray and on all the dirt tracks mm-hmm. uh, up around Greensboro. And I and I went there, and he said, I walked in, he said. I really didn't think you were coming, and I said, oh, wow, I've messed up. He said, no, 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 and he had a travel trailer out back, and I lived in that for about, it was probably six weeks before I got a job, yeah. Where Mm -hmm. was your job? Uh, Tex Racing in Asheville, North Carolina. What did Tex do? Tex built cars for Benny Parsons. Only? No, everybody. You know, he did a lot of work for a fellow named Hank Thomas from Winston-Salem at the time. He had those Gremlin modifieds. we did w- we did a lot of stuff for Hubert Hensley, um, Jimmy Hensley, a fellow named uh, uh, Arrington from uh, up in Rocky Mount, Virginia. We did we did whatever it took to keep going.
0: Yeah, and uh, so you're building race cars on jigs and doing mm-hmm. all that. F- yes, sir. Doing fancy stuff. Yeah. So, what was your
2: job? Would you what did you, you welding or a yeah. Bit of everything? yeah everything? Yeah, everything. Yeah, I just they taught me how to. Tig weld. They call it, now. They call it heliarch welding back then. But but I but I could already wire weld and, and things like that and bend tubing and all that. But I um I have no natural talent for anything. <laughs> I I have to learn it. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I'm just not <clears throat> sharp. So but I tried real hard and, and I learned real hard. And Tex once told me, he said, you know, if you could, if you had some talent to go with your passion, you'd really be something. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know if he was bragging on yeah. me or telling he me how terrible <laughs> yeah.
0: So Tex, uh, is that the same company that ends up doing transmissions and all that? Yes. So, yes, mm-hmm. so he evolved, um, to, to, to branch off just quickly. So I remember Tex Powell, right? Yes. As a you know, building rear ends and transmissions. Yes, that's him. And did, who was Pollard running that thing?
2: No, Larry Pollard. Larry Pollard. He, I think he went to work with. I think his, he married Harry Gant's daughter, oh. I, I believe. And I think Larry had his own thing. Own thing. Yeah, but it okay. was Mike and Tex Powell that ran Tex Racing. So they event, they, but when
0: so when you come there in what year?
2: Seventy four.
0: Seventy four. He's building cars, and then eventually he he just kind of went to transmission to gears mainly
2: yes he um he did everything we had a we had a really cool little building down there in Seagrove North Carolina which is right below Asheboro on 220 and uh no heat no air uh no running water and an outhouse and they had dug their own outhouse so these guys wanted to do it really badly (laughs) and uh I was real fortunate I actually had spoken to Tex, and about three weeks later, I went down to see Tex. I go, man, I guess I'm, guess I'm going home. He said, man, don't do that. He said, I can pay you $125 a week if you just come help us with stuff. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, man. You know, that was a ton of money in 1974. To me, it was yeah. anyway, you know. And, so you went to that building to work? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's where what we What did work. you think about that? Uh, I thought it was exactly what you needed to do to show how bad you wanted to do it. Mm, yeah. You know.
0: How many people would walk in that building and, then, and not make it? I mean, did y'all have people that were, com- I mean, I imagine there was a lot of, come. you ever watch Deadliest Catch? Yes. So like they have the gr- greenhorns that come onto the boats mm-hmm. and some of them want it and they make it, right? And some of them come on there and they've bit off more than they can chew. Did you have those guys kind of coming and going? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But Tex was real good at, about picking somebody out too. They, they wasn't, a, they wasn't, you know, I was there probably 15 months altogether and there probably wasn't more than five. Right. Yeah. Man. And you're living in a trailer? At the yeah, 56-foot-long, yeah, per- wonderful trailer, 8 feet wide. You could be sitting on the commode, washing your hands, and watching the television at the same time. <laughs> what else do you need? And if you reached over to the right, you could have gotten a shower. You know, yeah. it was exactly how you wanted it. Everything you need. It was, it was $140 a month, and I mean, it was having, it had, I'll never forget, it, it had green furniture and it was that kind of vinyl you'd sit in it when you're sweating because you had no air conditioning and and it would like stick to you when you went to stand up (laughs) you know it's like man boy if suffering pays i'm i'm there you know (laughs)
4: Hey, download listeners, supervising producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Graybar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget
0: that's right and they're operating with one clear mission to serve as the vital link in the supply chain adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services
4: let me tell you here's what makes them different is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on site and on time is so crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task.
1: So when you need a hand
0: powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running.
4: Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. So um, you leave the job
0: at What? How did you leave working there what was the circumstances Uh,
2: unfortunately Richard's uh, brother-in-law Randy Owens lost his life in a pit accident at Talladega in 75 yeah the The water tank blew up up. yes sir yeah yeah and uh, I would never go so far as to say I was hand-picked at that time Tex was a former uh, Nichols Engineering and uh, Bud Moore Engineering and Petty Enterprises employee and he had heard that they were looking to uh, fill, uh, if you will, Randy's spot with a with a kind of junior guy. So he said, "Go up there and see Chief." And I Chief think he, is who? Uh, Maurice Petty, mm-hmm. Richard's brother. Yeah. And uh, how intimidating was that? Incredibly, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's, I was shaken. <laughs> yeah. I was probably the only time I've shaken that much recently is when I. Got caught in traffic thirty minutes ago on forty and wound up coming <laughs> oh here thirty goodness. minutes late. Yeah so, <laughs> so,
1: you, yeah, so there's today, and then there's the time you met with Chief. Those are your two anxiety moments. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I still got cold chills from being nervous. You know, <laughs> well, wow, that would be intimidating. Yeah, Man. yeah. yeah I've never.
0: I don't think I've ever met Maurice. Yeah, he was, formally, he but formally. I heard he was a. He was a character.
2: He was very nice to me. Really, yeah, incredibly yeah. nice to me. That's yeah, cool. he and his wife and kids, and you know there were there were times when he would have his motorhome and his whole family at the racetrack, and we'd be in Michigan or Daytona or Talladega. Hey, Steve, can you drive us home? I go, Yeah, we'll get you home. We, you know, and I, I was I was proud to do it. Yeah. He, you know, he had a cool white Travco motor motorhome. It was kind of round, like they were in the mid seventies. It had a Petty blue stripe around it. Of course, <laughs> and, it did. And <laughs> sometimes he would tow t- a little uh, Jeep jeepster i think they called it, and it was petty blew it behind it so like man you you were solid petty going down yeah. the road you know? <laughs>
0: uh, so you go up to meet him to uh to take a job at petty enterprises yes sir and um the comment i'm assuming the conversation went really good
2: he just said don't let your friend text down is what he told me he said i can i can pay you what you're making now which was two dollars and eighty cents an hour and uh, i said man that's fantastic you know i, I felt like i had i was I said I'd be there till I was a hundred years old. You know. Yeah,
0: and so what was your job?
2: Uh, fabrication, welding. Yeah, yeah bending tubing.
0: On a and you're standing in the garage with the Dodge Charger.
2: Yes, Dodge the, Charger. A bunch one of the
0: of, coolest cars. Oh yeah, ever. they were fun. Yeah.
2: And uh, you know we would build one just to show you how the scale of auto racing has changed you know we would build a new car every year at the Petties. and last year's daytona (laughs) car would be the short track car for this year you know so every september we would start seven days a week seven in the morning till seven at night just flogging on the speedway car which was next year's uh, atlanta car so on and so forth and what took the most time was all the chrome richard wanted done you know (laughs) the the cars were so nice you know but you're just so proud to look at them
0: yeah I find pictures of, uh, you know, it's not, there's not a lot of photos of, at least just surfing the internet. I'm sure, you know, petties have plenty, but there's not a lot of photos of the interior of that shop or even, you know, real close ups of the roll cages or under the right. hood, right, of those race cars back then to get a real good understanding of the craftsmanship and quality. But man, they were, from what you can see and understand, those things left the shop immaculate. Like, not a scratch on a row bar yeah. they, they appeared to be just incredible when they'd roll to the racetrack
2: richard was is super particular and has a fantastic eye and he lived in a house next to lee's was next to the shop and then richard's was the next one over and he'd come wandering in about 11 30 o'clock you know it's really a little bit too early to too close to lunch to go to work so then we'd go to lunch and we'd come back you know and then Richard would be and he said "I I, when I drove in the parking lot that fuel cell rack didn't look square this didn't look square and you're like oh my god this guy's out of his mind you know you check it's not square (laughs) (laughs) and he just had a really good mind for that stuff and he was was Richard you you, you know what I mean mean, he, he had the Puka Shell Necklace, necklace. He, you, you know. Yeah. I mean, he was, and he had cool shades, and I mean, he, he was just Richard Petty. You yeah. know, he's. A, I always told him he was a combination of uh, Elvis Presley and Andy and Mayberry. He, you know, I mean, <laughs> that is just, a good.
0: <laughs> that is a good assessment. Yeah. So, um, who's working there with you?
2: A fellow named Richie Bars. He came down from Chicago. How do I know that name? Well, he's he's go ahead. Sorry, he was at home in Moody's, and then in '70, when the Petties got the Chrysler deal to come back from Ford, uh, they gave uh, Chrysler gave the 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 car building deal to the Petties, and it previously was at Nichols Engineering in I think Griffith, Indiana, and uh, Richie came to work because the Ford thing was looking a little rough around 70, 71. And ultimately, I think they stopped racing in 71. So he and his brother, Les, came to work from home in Moody, and they, they really – they just did things differently. I'm not saying – that the, the petty cars were always really nice race cars, but but Richie is the one who made the peace sign headdress. Headrest? Really? The, yeah, Richie did all that That's stuff so funny. And, you know, they made, so
0: how did he get in there – you know, with Maurice, right? You got Maurice, and where's Dale Inman at this point? He's in there, right?
2: Yes, da- Dale was. Dale was with Richard, and other people were with Chief, if right. you, if, if you will. You it know, it was and, almost yeah, it split. was split. It was like when they went to two cars in seventy. Okay, Richie was with Buddy Baker, or no, Richie was with Pete, Pete Hamilton, Hamilton in the wing car. Yes, yeah, and Chief. Stayed right with him. In fact, I, I spent some time with Richie just last Friday, and he said, man, Chief looked out for me. You know, Chief gave me a long leash, and we did it. And, th- and they won a bunch of races. In 1970, they actually won more money running a, a, a really short season compared to what Richard did running 54 or 55 races because they won, they won Daytona, and they won Talladega and twice, I think, and, and Michigan once. So, yeah. so R- Richie had the full faith of Maurice Petty. And when Richie took me under his wing, that put a little stamp on me that this guy's probably okay.
0: Yeah. Mm. So not that I need you to try to get into it or anything, but when we had Dale Inman on the show, he was sort—he was very guarded with, yes. like, com, talking about the dynamic between Maurice, Richard, him, and sort of how all that would flow, right? And there was, yeah. you know, and so it just even though, you know, in the through the seventies what I know about Richard Petty and and Petty Enterprises is a beautiful race car that won a lot of races and they just showed up and they were the racer's edge and all the cool shit, right? And he, handlebar mustache, but it wasn't always this bed of roses or this smooth ride. There was uh, tension or, uh, you know, there's a lot of, chiefs if you will uh for lack of a better you know no pun intended in the building right
2: there was definitely there were definitely two groups chiefs group and and dale and richard's group
0: so um when i knew you earlier even when you were doing mark's deal i didn't know you'd ever worked for petty enterprises until i started watching these old races and seeing you running around the car yeah changing tires
2: yeah that was fun yeah
0: so (laughs) um and i'm like this man, I mean, I I knew you were part of the 44 team when Terry won the championship in 84, but I'm like, man, you were with the Petties in the late 70s when they were, they were the thing, right? He's winning his yeah. finals, you know, a few championships, and they're as good as it gets battling David Pearson. So you go to the racetrack and watch Richard and David Pearson have what a lot of people um, would say is the most incredible rivalry that the sport's ever seen do you look back on that and think man what a fortunate thing it is for for me to have been able to see it i'm so envious of anybody that was able to be there and walk around in those garages at, you know in in the late 70s and it, the the way the sport was sort of you know getting ready to explode um i just wish i had been able to experience that and you 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 got to do that and you got to do it with one of the one of the premier teams oh extremely so
2: yeah, extremely fortunate yeah. and, and and you can take that all the way through the 90s and early 2000s you know when there was a ton of money in this business and everybody got to do a bunch of different things you know if you could weld weld and drive the truck and weren't too good to sweep up and bend tubing and be in the body shop if they needed you things like that man you were it was just it was it was you never went to work it wasn't a job you know yeah. it was it was exactly what you had raised yourself to be that's what you want to do when you grew up yeah Yeah.
0: and so um do you look back on your time at Petty's and and you know do you remember the the battles with that he had with Pearson and does any of that stuff did that stuff you know do you look back on it now and go man I really didn't realize how amazing (laughs) that of an opportunity that was for me to actually be there to witness some of those things
2: I, I look back on it and I'm and I'm really happy that I got to do it. And I'm proud that I was a tiny part of it. But at the time, it was all the thrill you could ever have. So it's not like I was kind of like blindly going through it. I I knew the whole time how lucky I was being. Well, you
0: also, um, I wonder too, if at that point, you're still so new, you're you're still sort of like, you're not 100% sure that you're locked in you know, I I guess I could compare it to when I I raced late model stocks for 4 or 5 years and it was by far the most enjoyed the most enjoyment I ever got out of racing, but I didn't enjoy it because I didn't allow myself to enjoy it. I was so worried about the next thing, right? Or the next year or the next whatever, the next la- thing up the ladder, right? That I was so terrified that it didn't I didn't enjoy it you know I didn't enjoy it the way I wanted to or should have do you look back on maybe that part of your career and think damn i was so scared to make sure i did everything right or or you know get my you
2: know root build some roots into this thing no um, because in the early 70s mid 70s anybody who had any other job made more money than you did and was more secure <laughs> you know they could buy a house or have a bass yeah. boat or a nice pickup and we just worked and worked and worked because that's what we wanted to do i was i was never complaining about what i made yeah. but but no it was uh i wanted to do it and i knew if i had you felt secure i, I felt super secure yeah. yes sir
1: your your favorite race memory with the petties is which one what petty what race
2: Probably winning the ARCA race with Kyle because <laughs> just just he and I went down there and, you know, had a great car and great support on pit road. And, you know, we had the, we had Dale Inman and his whole crowd pitting it and all that and had all kinds of guidance from Richard. But, you know, I, I put the car together in the shop, loaded it on the truck, drove it down there, took it through inspection. The guys came and helped us on a race day. Kyle did a really good job. fellow named Phil Finney had trouble. he He was as good as we were down there. And I don't know what something happened to his engine, I believe. But anyway, Kyle won the race, and that was that was just fantastic. And so we loaded it up, and I went back home. He, Le- you know. Leading
1: into that race, the feeling of Kyle Petty as a as a future driver or the, as the is the next heir was what? What would you say? Optimistic? Yes, yes, very. You know, Kyle
2: Kyle had it all. You know what I mean? Big, tall kid, a bunch of curly hair, chicks love him. He, you know, I mean, he's a great <laughs> race car driver. You, you know, he just so. You
0: left – this is an interesting part of your personality. In 1978, you left Petty's. Yes. And you went to work for Jerry Cook. Yes. An established, dominant, Hall of Fame modified racer. But this is in 1978. You leave arguably the top team in, in, in the Cup Series to go back to the grassroots level, modified racing. Something you're very familiar with, obviously. But Why?
2: Because I didn't feel like I had experienced enough. At that point in Grand National, well, I know it was Winston Cup at the time. In Winston Cup racing, it was starting to get where this guy did the rear-end housings and this guy did the front suspension and you just paint the car and this guy over here just drives the truck. And it got kind of compartmentalized. And I thought, man, you know, I kind of missed a step in my year, few years of big-time auto racing. And Jerry Cook needed a guy to go on the road. We ran like 104 races that year, and I never forget we raced at Bowman Gray, and he picked me up, and we drove to Elmira, New York, Shamong Speedway that the Bodine family owned. Ran there on. We drove all night. Ran Sunday afternoon at Shamong, then drove to Utica Rome Speedway, up in upstate New York. The next that afternoon and raced again so we were three times in 24 hours basically and we pulled into the shop and he said walk in the shop and see what's going on and it wasn't it was probably 3,000 square foot shop and nuts and bolts were in chasing Sanborn cans you know so I said oh okay so I really am going back to where these guys don't have all the money in the world and I am going to have to do everything and it worked out perfectly for that and then in the fall of that year there was always a big modified race with the Winston Cup cars at Martinsville Mm -hmm. and Dale and Richard were there and Richard said, Hey man, Kyle wants to drive. You seem to have got a lot of experience. If you ever want to come back, just let us know. And and that's what I did. So, uh,
0: did anybody try to talk you out of leaving Pettys to go to Jerry's?
2: No, at that time, I don't think anybody could talk me out of anything. You you know, (laughs) I, I I mean, just, I just felt like I needed to. That must've
0: been a fascinating, uh, difference in you know you mentioned it you know how jerry raced versus how the petties race but you went jerry's the man
2: it, yeah It in my experience it was i tell jerry this all the time that, that i learned more in those uh, six or eight months because you were thinking so quickly on your feet you know yeah. and you just raced and raced and raced and raced you know and and it was great it was fantastic you learn really quickly you know yeah
1: Pretty- hey, OK, so you listen, I don't even know what's right to even ask about the, you know, the dissension or the, the tension in a race shop, uh, because you're right. I remember Dell Inman being very guarded about that. But let me just ask for somebody that's new and clearly seems to be trying to soak in every piece of knowledge that you can do to to better mold yourself as a overall racer. Was is there tension or fractures within a race shop that. Take a toll on you and influence that decision to leave. No, that had nothing to do with it. No,
2: because everybody had it handled. It looked like it had been there from day one. You know, they were cousins and brothers, and you know, and it, it just looks like they kind of grew up like that. You know? got it. Yes. Okay, yeah. that's fair. I think yeah, that's it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't like oh my god, I can't put up with this any longer. Yeah. You know, it's like
0: oh, this is just this is petty. You it was,
3: know, understood as
0: opposed to when me and Tony Jr. went to Hendrick and we would argue over the radio. They pe- we we would everybody had these big silver dollars uh, <laughs> eyeballs looking at us. Like, like
1: these freaking, yeah. Is everything going to be okay? Yeah. We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: were like, what? Are we good here? They listened <laughs> to y'all on the radio, and yeah. we Whoa, didn't think we did. anything of it. But this they're is like, every week, okay? Well, buckle in. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you also know something, too, about how the way uh, Tony Jr. and <laughs> Dale Jr. actually treated each but, other. But, but they were family, too, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> it works like that. We'll get that. to that in a so little bit. So
0: you talked about going and helping Kyle take that car. I've talked, Kyle, working with Kyle at NBCs. told me a lot of great stories about that experience. And um, his dad went to him and said, hey, if you find X amount of dollars, like 10 grand or 5 grand or something, you can go. The car's sitting in the back of the shop. And he's like, what are you going to do with that? It was a Dodge Miranda, right?
2: No, it was a, a uh, Magnum. Magnum. Yeah. Okay. Awful race car. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> Which is uh, crazy. But um, another story in itself, um, how the petties tried to hang on to the Dodge and they just couldn't, Dodge didn't yeah. have a race car. Yeah. But, uh, mm. so the Magnum is sitting back there and that, you know, it's funny, I saw on social media, um, Marty Robbins sitting on a Magnum, <laughs> the last race car, I think he drove in 1980. Probably was a. Was a Petty car at one time.
2: I think it's actually a Cotton Owens car, but anyway, it was, was it? Th- yeah. from that era.
0: And so, I mean, it's like, man, if you knew that's a shit box, why did you buy it? Why are you, you know what I mean? Yeah. By 1980, everybody knew that 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 car wasn't very good.
1: Terrible car. I gotta yeah. Google the car. Yeah, so, pretty, y- y'all keep calling it ugly. Ooh, that's <laughs>
2: no, incredibly ugly.
1: Yeah.
0: So, anyways, um, mm. and so Kyle tells me how he over he exceeded what his dad set in terms of putting together the finances for this, for this program. I said, what I did was I asked, I saw a picture of the car on the internet and I texted Kyle and I said, Kyle, how in the hell did you have Valvoline on the hood of your car? When your dad had STP everywhere. Yeah. And so he told me how he went and kind of did that deal. But, um, the one thing I want to ask you about, this is, Kyle's literally starting his racing career going to Daytona. Now I know he ran uh some short track stuff, a couple sportsman races, y'all bought a dirt car. And
2: after all that was after right. Daytona.
0: His but and and Kyle tells it like, Yeah, I piddled with those we we went and did some of that, but not a bunch. His well, the way he told tells it to me is his dad was like you want to be a cup
2: driver, race a cup car. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But you race car drivers think it's because it's so easy to you guys and your eyes work so well and it handles speed and things coming at them really fast. Uh, race car drivers just believe that you just need to go do it. Like, oh my God. I mean, I I, I look at, I was watching something the other day and you were telling the story and, and I've heard you tell it before about, didn't you go to, 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 talladega and took your helmet and your dad let you yeah. drive the car. I mean, like, you know, so there's a classic example of a race car driver going, Well, oh, I mean, anybody can do this, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. You know, it's I'm I would have been terrified if I was there with you. Oh, I was I mean, He was terrified. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: yeah, I was nervous. <laughs> I'm going down the back straightaway, off pit road, right? Pull out I've told this a many times, but um dad's like, now you gotta hold it wide open. It'll burn a piston if you lift.
2: Yeah, it was the time too. And yeah. I'm
0: like I, I didn't ask. You, I was, I was an idiot. I was like, I was like, I'm thinking in my head, how do I get through the garage wide open? <laughs> 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 like from the minute I leave this pit stall, this garage stall, I've got to be wide open all the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm pushing a button, right? Yeah. Never yeah. hard throttle. Yeah. And so literally, I'm pulling out of the track, going, what <laughs> what <laughs> get out on pit road and i'm going down the back straightaway off of two for the first time looking down the straightaway at the turn oh, going
2: you can't how make in it? the
0: hell is this thing gonna stick mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna wrap right out of here mm-hmm. no way and but uh <clears throat> i think dad was lying about the lifting because he thought i'd be scared and lift but if he knew he no i think you, there's some truth. I think you're oh, right.
2: Oh, there were more pistons burned coming <laughs> off pit road for practice at, at that point in time. Yeah. Because I mean, you, you're talking about fourteen and a half, fifteen to one compression, and just I man, if you ever lifted and the fuel qu- quit running in there, it just burned the top out of the piston yeah. or it knocked the bearings out.
3: Yeah. So he
0: told he, you the well, truth. Well, I thought he was telling me a lie just so I wouldn't lift because well, he was that like, "You're, you're going to lift. You'll you're lift. I know you'll lift." But and he's
2: uh, got that. Strong but quiet voice. You, you know what I mean. There are two things about him. You know, he was he was quiet when he was talking to you, and his fingernails were always perfect. <laughs> and I always looked at him and go, "This isn't the intimidator. This should be all gnawed off like mine, and so on and so forth." But he was he was just a special guy. And if he told you something in that quiet voice, you would you would listen.
1: Yeah, perfect fingernails. I've never heard oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah the it's first I've heard about that. He had right? great fingernails
2: all,
0: <laughs> all <laughs> the time. So back to Kyle. So, yeah. you know, you – Richard is like, yeah, you can you can run this little sportsman car. Or you can go do this. But really just, you know, if you're going to be a cup racer, get in a cup car and go race cup. Now, it wasn't that easy. He didn't – Kyle had to piece his deals together. Um, and he kind of struggled a little bit, but – or a lot, you know, especially trying to get into the field with those back – you know, those mm-hmm. used-up cars that his dad was giving him. But um, how much of a part of – like, tell me about, you know – Kyle, you know, y'all going and buying the dirt car and, and what was the process? What were, what did you experience with that?
2: Well, we had a single cab dually, uh, in a trailer and, uh, we just went and got whatever we needed, went to Butch Lindley's and picked up the sportsman car, real nice old sportsman car. Mm-hmm. Richard actually drove it a couple times. And, uh, and we, we went to Haas Ellington's and picked up the dirt car. Hoss had a dirt car. So he, I've,
0: I know yeah. Haas Ellington. He yeah. owns the number one Uno car. Right. I don't, what has he got dirt cars? I'd never heard, I don't know that about Haas.
2: He had a fellow named Jackie Rogers that worked with him and he was a great race car driver in the... Early seventies, he drove the Lemon Tree In car a couple times. Jack is a really good race car driver, fantastic on dirt, and uh, we we took it home and kind of made like a NDRA car out of it, you know, with the big uh, spoilers and all that stuff, right side window and all. N D
0: R A was like the premier wedge-bodied dirt yes. series in the southeast, at least. It yes, was a it, big it, was. it was a big deal. And so Kyle and you ran
2: that's. Nope, we only ran local places that paid a lot of money to but Kyle lo- to show up. But
0: Kyle, oh, so Kyle was getting some deals.
2: He did all that How himself. did he do
0: with
2: uh, his dirt car? Uh, we did really well, uh, except for the time Pearson showed up at Myrtle Beach. Mm. And uh, anybody that didn't get to see David Pearson run on dirt really missed an incredible performance. I mean, he was so good. I mean, you just backed up and watched him, you know, but no, we, we did good. Now uh we got $10,000 to go to, uh, uh, I can't think of the name of the place. Jackie Rogers won the race and it, and it's down toward Wilmington and you like drive on a raised up dirt road through a swamp to get to it. I can't think of the name of it. I'm sorry, but, it was ten thousand dollars, and uh, Jackie destroyed us in the race. Just, just drove away, and. Uh the promoter came in it with a paper sack full of $10,001 bills It looked like when the race was over and says, hey, give us to Kyle. It's his show-up money. And I thought we were going to have to fight the entire pit area because these guys are probably using their grocery money to... They saw
0: that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. they didn't like that? And I
2: said, you know, they're, they're going to drown us or the alligators are going to eat us or the, you know, something's going to happen they're just going to kill us. So we loaded up and went across the little dirt road through the Everglades it felt like to me and we just went home. But And then Kyle was... Was really good at getting things done. You know, he's Putting he's deals sharp. Together. Yeah, yeah, he was really yeah. good at that.
0: What was your, your experience with the Sportsman Asphalt Car?
2: Uh We we took it a number of places. Kyle ran really well in it. Richard ran really well in it. One night at Caraway, and overheated.
0: Run it? What? Why did why did Richard want to drive it?
2: I'm sure they paid him a ton to go to Caraway. It's right down Field the street money,
0: yeah. from yeah. yeah yeah. So um, th- so this is probably eighty eighty one.
2: 70 80 it was 80 80. yes sir
0: um dale inman leaves to go to austral in in 80 at the end of the 80 season right
2: no he actually went to daytona and he made the pick call that allowed us to beat the what looked to be unbeatable had won the 125-miler, won the Clash, the, the 28 car that Bobby Allison was driving, and Dale made the pit call to just get fuel, and that got us out in front of them. That's how we won the Daytona 500, and then I think, I was looking the the day, I have a picture of us. We won the pit crew championship at Rockingham like two weeks later, and Dale was in the picture, so... I don't think Dale actually went to work at Osterland until – 81. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, like Atlanta of 80, in the spring of 81. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. So he, after the season began. Yes. Why? So he leaves, um, and you're the co-crew chief.
2: Yeah, me and Wade. Wade, who is Wade? Wade Thornburg uh, is a Vietnam veteran, gr- great guy. He worked for Jimmy Pardue. He got killed testing tires in 1964, and then he went to work from the Petties. He's actually from Asheboro. and uh, he, he was a longtime employee of the Petties. Very loyal person, and he was always with Dale.
0: What's a co crew? What what's it like co crew chiefing?
2: Wade Wade didn't Wade was always with Dale, and so Wade wasn't very outspoken as far as what we need to be doing to make changes on the race car or what have you or you know cheating up a body or so on and so forth so Wade was super cool uh, I think Richard was really glad to have Wade standing there because he'd worked for him since like 65 and uh and uh, Wade was cool in in his role and now he could overrule me at any time because he he was the guy but he he wasn't one of those guys that was itching to become a crew chief
0: yeah mm-hmm. and what about you you're, I mean, you're still, what, you're six years in to yeah. your racing?
2: Yeah, it, it's, oh, I was kind of nervous about it. But the thing we had going for us was uh, it was the new short cars with not near the downforce we were all used to having. So everybody was kind of in the same boat, kind of like this time last year with the new car, yeah. Yeah. you know. So if everybody's on the level playing field everybody talks about, may, maybe you could hang on for a little while. And and, and we did okay. We We won uh, Michigan and North Wilkesboro that year with, you know, Dale was already gone and obviously won Daytona. And uh, but the next year it got real tough because we had we were
1: the STP money didn't go up and we were running two cars on it. Mm. And it was tough. Hey, everyone. Dirty Mo Media president Mike Davis here. Excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels uh, during a race weekend. The prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts, and you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host.
0: So basically Kyle's running full time now. Yes. out of the shop and what was your what spurred you to to decide to go some do something different?
2: Well, I had two kids. Uh, one was a month old and one was a uh, a year and a month old and I just decided that I I felt like there was a huge war inside petty enterprises. And there was enough money to race like we needed to race. And Dale had left. So that told me that there was some kind of future for Richard somewhere else. I mean, they were too tight for Dale to have leave without Richard saying, Yeah, okay, I'm probably going myself, you know.
0: I can't imagine
2: Richard leaving petty enterprises. Yeah, I couldn't either. But it, but it was if you were standing there It's not only it was a reality, awkward. it happened. Yeah, it, it yeah. And, and I wasn't gonna hang around for that. Yeah. You, you know. Did you have opportunities? I actually uh worked for a fellow named Jay Hedgecock who ended up building the car that well he builds your car. Yeah. Right? And he built the car that Richard flipped down the front straightaway. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that he's he's a really smart little race car builder. We actually met he came to work at Tex Racing in nineteen seventy four the same week I did. So hmm. so anyway, uh I, I worked for Jay during the week and on weekends, uh they wanted me to be the they called me and, and, and Hill Farms called, and they said, can you, you want to go to the racetrack? I said, I guess so. And they said, well, Bob Johnson, who's a great racer in his own right, uh, had just quit for whatever reason. And um, they said, you want to be the crew chief? I said, well, I guess so. So so we went to Daytona and run third, I guess, 4th of July. And then we went to Nashville the next week and ran second. And then we went to uh, Pocono and run third and you know so he's like man you got to move to Connecticut I said no man. that's where the team was yeah yeah I, said, I, <laughs> I, I can't go to Connecticut. Yeah. but at the end of the year they actually moved down to the old die garden shop and David If was the crew chief at, at that he and became him, yeah. the crew chief because the, there was no future in me you, you know what I mean I wasn't I'm not going to Connecticut and, no yeah. but
0: they if they they moved the shop down here
2: I, I never knew about
0: that <clears throat> at oh. the time you know I didn't know you worked for them yeah yeah and that was a cool car yeah, it was a good little car. I didn't like it when it beat Dad at Atlanta with Shepard driving it, but yeah, when yeah, yeah. Went, when uh, Harry Gant and then Bouchard was driving it, yeah, it was just kind of like a the little engine that could.
2: Yeah, know? and and you know, uh, Jake was working on it. Jake Ellis was working on it at Atlanta when he beat yes. beat your dad. He's you fast. Yeah,
3: yeah, nice
0: race car. So in '83, you got recruited to go to Hagan uh, Racing with Dale. Dale Lindman. Does he call you up?
2: Hey, man. Uh, because I had babies at home, uh, and Dale would, uh, Dale would commute too, back and forth to Martinsville. And uh, he said, "You want to ride home with me tonight?" I said, "Yeah, whatever." So, uh,
0: after Martinsville raced?
2: actually, like on the Friday, probably. Okay. And he said, "Hey, I'm going to go do this. You want to do it?" I said, "Sure, man, no problem." So we went over there, and it was an eye-opening experience. Why is that? They didn't have much, you know, wouldn't. So,
0: this is the Bud. This is actually, I guess it was the Red 44 at that time. The Piedmont's coming on board, or they. No, it was.
2: Well, no, it, the year before. Y'all had Budweiser. 82, it was. Strata. Uh, well, it said Stratograph, which was Billy Hagan's company. And. Uh, but Texas jeans said oh, yeah, it said on it and oh, it said Stacy on it too. Yeah, in '82. Yeah. and they, they, I'm sure they didn't <laughs> get any money from that, but <laughs> yeah. from what people say, but anyway, they, they had Budweiser and they were going to go do it. And, and, uh, yeah. So we went over there and we didn't really change a lot of things. They, they had run like third or fourth in the points in 82. Yeah. And, uh, we just, we just went in there and spruced the shop up pretty good, built some nice steel tables and got everything where it was working. Right. And, uh, just basically took the same cars they had and, you know, made them a little bit nicer. And Terry had a fantastic year in 83, he won at Rockingham. And then in 84, we were super prepared. I mean, I'll never yeah. forget Dale Lemon saying, I've never been prepared like this for a year. I said, man, you were at Richards. He said, I'm just telling you, we were never this ready. And uh, Terry did a real nice job, and we, we won the race. or yeah. uh, won the championship. Just the championship. in terms ready, just in terms <clears throat> of
1: you, you guys were impressed and Satisfied with the fleet of cars that you have, or, or
2: what? Yeah, everything was in order. You know, it's not like, you know, you didn't have pit boxes and all that. Then you'd drop the nitrogen bottle on a Coca-Cola can, and that's what set that up. But it was, <laughs> it was just we had good people and we were real ready, and cars were sitting there in the floor. Just everything done clicked. right. It was yeah. just right.
3: Yeah.
0: Know? The um, I so I kind of started paying attention around that time in '84. I was about ten years old, and we uh, dad was chasing y'all. Yeah. You, Dad and many others were chasing y'all all year long, and the car would not break. Yeah. Dad – I remember bawling my eyes out at Bristol. Dad was running – they were running the Bristol night race, and I don't know. Dad was having a good run, but for whatever reason, I is, remember
2: – Is that when he crashed on Pitt Road? Well, no. no. Um,
0: he was – he ended up spun down the front straightaway, oh. on, and all four tires were flat. At least so many were flat that he couldn't really get his car going, and – uh He gets lapped, and I'm sitting there thinking, "Man, we needed to have a good night tonight." And y'all would never break. Yeah, y'all would never break. Was it the
2: summer race, night race? It was, yeah. And we won. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so y'all would win or run top five and never fail. Yeah. And uh, twenty-one top fives that year. Yeah, I couldn't remember another year, or even I couldn't. I can't say that any other season by any other team left an impression that that season left on me for the durability and quality in terms of just, you know, it was, back then it was the $2 part, the $2 part. Every week somebody had a little thing, crack or break, a little piece of plastic or something like that, or distributor or whatever. You know, you had all these little things that just happened. And because the cars really were put to the test and and the would break. Uh, But y'all just never had problems.
2: Dale was really good at make he'd see something that you didn't see He'd go, Man, you need to fix that. Like, what are you talking about? Who's this old guy walking around? You know, but yeah. Dale was right about everything. And, yeah. and Terry's a tremendous race car driver. He is not gonna crash your car trying to run third if it's a fifth place car.
0: Yeah. Mm. So
2: um, y'all win the championship in eighty mm-hmm. four. Do
0: you know what you've done?
2: I know we won the championship the last year. It paid $150,000 or what, it was a million the following year. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah we were sick. Like, what? Oh, my god. Yeah, but you get to go to New York City. Oh, my God, we'll get killed in New York City because these guys will just cross a road anywhere, you know? Right. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, no, yeah, we were real pleased. Yeah we, yeah, we were real, especially to beat Harry Gant in the Skull Bandit car. Yeah. Y- mm. You know, that was – they were – they were, really good racers. Uh,
0: they were equally uh, well prepared. Yeah, they yeah. had a they had a weird. Uh, they were the first ones to kind of use telemetry. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah, all that. Um. Anyways, so Inman goes back to Petty. Richard in '84 was with Curb. Richard is not at Petty Enterprise. Um Correct. I guess in yeah. '85 they're all going to go home. Yes. Uh, uh, so are you hearing about this? You know, rumblings of.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They asked me, and I actually rode over to the to Petty Enterprises with Dale in one of the vans from Hagen's and he said just come look around you know
0: oh he wanted you to go back yeah, yeah. he wanted everybody
2: he said I wish you'd go with me I'm like uh, okay but it struck me that uh, it when I walked into Petty Enterprises that had been closed for a couple of years I looked around and even down to the girly pictures on the wall in the men's room it was the same stuff that I left in 82 you yeah. know mm. but so I, I didn't know that Billy was out of money. Oh. Mm. So the Petties, while Richard went to
0: run Curb's car and wins his 200th at Daytona, the Petties and Chief mm-hmm. ran a Ford with mm-hmm. Dick Brooks.
2: It's mm-hmm. yep. like four or five races. Or and whatever. I think Richie, I think somewhere, uh, maybe slightly after, I think Richie Petty, Maurice's yeah. son, drove a couple races. They had this white. The white Thunderbird, real Thunderbird. super plain looking, pretty, little Thunderbird, pretty little car, yeah, nice little car. But uh, they didn't
0: race much, like right? you said. No. Shop was shop was shut up, shut up. So you walk in there and you're like, man, I don't know this. Don't it's the same. Dale Edmonds walking there and going, hey, I'm home. and, well, and, walk, he, and he should, He's yeah. Got and the you're history. walking there going, Dale, we got we just won a championship. We can't this. I can't. Uh, yeah. We're not going in championship here, right? right? Right. Yeah. And so, uh, and so you were hesitant and you didn't do it. I didn't do it, yeah. yeah. And you stayed at Higgins. Did you know that that would, did you um, become the crew chief? Did you know that that would be, you know, you would ele- elevate yourself to the crew chief if you stayed?
1: Yeah, they had already told me. Yeah, Billy had already yeah. told me, yeah. and but, so. But you didn't know that they didn't have any money? No. <clears throat> and when did you know that? When we sold all the cars, oh. all the Chevrolets to Rick Hendrick.
4: Okay. And
2: got a, Oldsmobile deal, and they, you, the way you, the Oldsmobile oldsmobile deal worked is you would go to hudson pagan pick up a chassis in the sheet metal (laughs) and go back through the parts room and you'd get a fuel cell and steering box and all the steering parts and a steering wheel and a rear-end housing and all the suspension and every fitting you could put in a five-gallon bucket it seemed like oh my god and i'm thinking wow you know so we actually we couldn't for whatever reason, we had either gotten too many cars or what have you, but we got time to come down to build a kind of intermediate short track car, and all Hutch had was a show car that he had built for Oldsmobile and uh, had an orange interior And because uh, I think it was a Foyt car because Foyt had the same Olsonville <laughs> deal. And uh, when we got ready to go to Rockingham, uh, I, uh, I said, Hutch, we need a car. And he said, yeah, it ain't going to happen. I said, what are you going to do with that show car? He said, oh, nothing. It's just going to sit here. I said, we'll take it. And we took it in to poor God bless him, Bob Labonte's ultimate anxiety. He was like, "We're not going to run good with a show car, Steve. What are you, an idiot? You know, I'm the new guy. He, you know." So I I, it, I took a lot of beating on that, and we took it to Rockingham, set on the pole, new track record. Led the most laps and won the race. <laughs> and no disrespect to Bob Labonte, who's a nice person and a great racer. He raised two wonderful racing kids and a grandson. Uh, but it, it, you just had to do whatever you had to do to to keep going. you yeah. know. And then eventually when I saw uh, we were breaking engines, and I talked to Dewey Lavengood, the fellow that built all our championship engines. I go, man, is everything all right? He said, no, I can't buy this and I can't buy that. And there's, there's no money. I'm like, what do you mean there's no money? Well, evidently, Billy owned Stratigraph, which isn't an oil drilling company, but they drill the dirt. They're mud loggers, they call. Mm. And, and they tell you at 133 feet, there's natural gas. And at 591 feet, there's a, there's a little bit of oil, but it's all mud in between. Well, Billy, when things were going so well in 1980, expanded into the Pacific Rim, Southeast Asia. And when it all started going bad... When oil prices went down and they weren't exploring anymore, he couldn't get it. It was too big to slow down, mm. so he he kind of lost his butt on that. Dang, yeah. So, yeah.
0: why did y'all sell Chevys and not reskin them?
2: Just curious. They need. We needed the money.
0: You needed the money. Yeah, right ra- we to raced off race. it. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so the cars you sold to Rick were the would be would become the white and red number fives that. Jeff Bedine was driving.
2: At that point, they're already white and yellow Levi Garrett. Wow. Yeah, Mm, yeah. And and I'll never forget Rick Hendrick called me and said, man, I appreciate these cars. I go, yeah, that's fine, man, whatever we need to do. He said, these are the lightest, nicest cars I've ever had. And and he was Rick Hendrick. But it was at the beginning. You know, now he's the king of the world. You know, I'm just saying it was very nice of him to call some little dumb 32-year-old kid, you know, and say, this is pretty nice stuff you sold us, you know. So,
0: um, the Hagen deal falls apart. Uh, you you left there in 87. Um, Terry left in 86, and Sterling Marlin comes in. Were you there when Sterling got wrecked at Bristol by Dad?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, we talked about that with Sterling last week. Yeah. I was like, hey, man, um, you know, that's one of the wrecks where – there's a lot of wrecks where you can defend Dad, and then there's some is just no defending.
2: That would have been a tough one. Uh, that would one have there. been a tough one to defend. <laughs> yeah, but he was so much faster than us. He, you know, he was going to pass us down the back stretch. Yeah, and he just ticked us going. Yes. Into one. And poor old Sterling. I don't know if he told you, but I, I you know, Chocolate come down. We were like two pits below, uh, two pits towards the start finish line from your dad. And here comes Chocolate. He's going to whip everybody's butt. I'm like, man, I, I'm five foot eight, 135 <laughs> pounds, man. I, you know, you don't have to worry about me. And I said, Sterling, come on. He, I said, Sterling, let's just, let's just. Put your street clothes on, and we'll, we'll get out of here and go on. And he said, "All right, where's the field house?" I said, "What?" He said, "Well, I changed my uniform in the field house. He was playing football, <laughs> and it had hurt his head, and he thought he he, he was a little really? mixed up.
1: yeah he was mixed up he was
2: mixed up oh my yeah. god yeah he thought he's in a football game I think was, yeah he was getting ready to take the pads off I guess <laughs> I, I don't know but I'll never forget uh, that and every time you hurt you know, not every time you hurt your head but when you went through all the concussion stuff. I thought, you know what, Sterling hit his head a number of times. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying he wasn't a great race car driver. No. Sure,
0: having all those guys come through here, they all have sort of come, they've all come with some, you know, oh, information yeah. about some experience they had. Yeah. You know, all the all the drivers that they, you know, they didn't know. Back then, even, you know, in 98, not to get off in the woods, but in 98, we wrecked at Daytona with the Bush car, flipped down the back straightaway with trickle. Mm-hmm. And I got—I was all dizzy trying to do an interview after that and, and uh, got sick, you know, got, got dizzy laying on my back in the shop and stuff, working on the car. And uh, I thought, man, I thought, I, I laughed, you know. I got out and I was like, Tony Jr., I felt like y'all were rolling the car down through the shop floor on the casters. I was so damn dizzy in there. <laughs> And we would laugh about it. Oh yeah, and backslap and go. Oh, we'll be fine. Yeah, by
2: the weekend. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's nothing. Everything goes away, right? Yeah, that just goes <laughs> away. That's not going to have any long term effects. <laughs>
0: yeah. And so, you know, I can't even imagine. That's the way we were in two thousand or ninety eight, ninety nine. I can't imagine like in the eighties. You're probably. Oh like, my gosh. Oh yeah. Man, yeah. We'll just work through it. Yeah, but. uh I was wondering if you were you were there, but I always that was one where I'm like, Ugh, damn daddy. <laughs> uh I think he was trying to get around Buddy Ar- he, you know, but yeah, Sterling was lapping Arrington or somebody. Yeah. And dad was like, Ugh, squeeze in between and wreck the hell out of him. But uh mm. there um that's another thing that happens at this table a lot is people that dad wrecked come here and we, the, you know, I'm having a conversation with you, but there's some point in, in, in your career prior yeah. to DEI where like, dad wrecked your race car. And it was like, it's just kind of fun having those conversations. <laughs> but, uh, Sterling was like, No nah, man, it's no big deal. I We, we, you know, he's 10 years older than me. I wasn't going to, you know, we <laughs> going right. to have no rivalry. That's or nothing, exactly right. <laughs> 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 um, so you, why did you – so you I, – I mean, I assume – I know the answer to this, but you leave uh, Hagan's at the end of the year because the writing's on the wall that the deal's fallen apart.
2: That and uh, Robert Yates had just bought Rainier Racing the previous fall, and they came to uh, Daytona with the Havilland car without the Havilland decals, you know, and they ran super fast. It was yeah. a cool little car, a nice little <laughs> body, you know. And I was leaving – michigan spring race walking out through the parking lot and, and one of the engineers that would helped he actually helped waddell wilson probably more than robert but he's a sure enough ford engineer and he said hey how would you like to work on a on a ford i said yeah sure they look like the thing you need to have right now i said we're gonna have to get good motors and he said well you're gonna be if, if you take this deal you'll be hooked up with a guy that's really super hooked up with ford and i said well yeah here's my number and have him call me and it was jack you know and uh so it, it it looked like a great opportunity and we had at, mark mark and myself and banjo grim were had been trying to put together a winston cup deal because because back then he could do it on like a million two you know yeah. and maybe if you put enough stuff together yeah and we we were trying to do something for mark and just couldn't couldn't get it down even in a million two but so it looked for an opportunity for For us to all get together with Mark at Jack's, and and that was compelling.
0: So Mark is trying to come back for his second attempt at making it at the big time. And he talks about that first attempt and how demoralizing and, and just brutal it was for him to go back home. Uh, and put his put his life back together and get his ASA career going again. Banjo that you mentioned was basically kind of the the lead mechanic mm-hmm. for Mark at the time. Yeah. Banjo ended up coming to, to work at DEI yes. for a period of time, which was which is interesting mm. to get to know him and you know after seeing him around the garage for mm-hmm. years and dec- you know a long time. But um, so your the one thing that's interesting about your career is you kind of you'll be you'll get on the, you have these peaks of, you know, big success, racing and winning at Petty's, going to, you know, going to Higgins and winning a championship and crew chief roles. And and then there's these valleys where you sort of reset, right? You mash a mm-hmm. reset button. You're, you were never seemingly scared to do something that, you know, wasn't an automatic win. You know what I mean? I mean, you didn't know whether the Mark Roush deal was going to become what it would become. But you were willing to hell yeah yeah you know why let's give it a go right yeah
2: well I mean you just you can't wait on it you you know you got even if you got to pull back you you got to be boring straight ahead at getting better you know getting faster and attracting people like Jack Roush and Junior Johnson or anybody like that you know the
0: interesting thing about Mark um, even though he was coming back for his second try I think that his success in his little Bush car. Had kind of reestablished everybody's opinion about his ability. I know you knew him differently. You weren't going to get in a deal. You weren't going to be a part of his program and build this thing with with Jack if you didn't believe he was the, one of the, you know could be the right. greatest thing ever. But the rest of the industry had he had kind of rebuilt his reputation, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. He re, he ran really well in he that did. in that bush car, and it, it, they kept it like. 2 miles from my house. Yeah. You know, so I'd go by there and see what they were doing and all that stuff. But yeah, he uh he got married he got married when he went back home too. You know, he got married Saddle. to a la- lady with a couple kids and you know, maybe 3 kids and and then, it, then they moved to Wisconsin and you know froze their butts off while he was putting a car together I mean that that guy's made a tough stuff boy I mean if you'd have known his dad you'd say well that he's just like his dad you know Mm -hmm. Julian was an extremely strong-willed person but
1: what was Mark Martin's reputation before that that he had
0: to rebuild he came into I mean I'm I'm not the person to be telling this story but he came into the cup series and he'll tell you that he was a bit brash or a bit confident. They had some success. Set on poles, mm-hmm. ran really good. Um, he, some of his innovation was ahead of its time, and and he would he brought a lot of his ideas from his ASA car that would have eventually found you know bared fruit in, in at the cup level. But he didn't have the money to suffer through the trial and error. Mm. And some of his sponsor deals, the Apache stove I don't deal, I think they ever paid. They never paid him a dime. Like he lo- he he went broke, mm. you know, and basically had to turn around and go home. He just ended up not being able to afford it anymore but i think people saw um i think he took it harder than than the perception i don't think anybody went oh that guy didn't have it or no, no. he they beat he himself beat up beat himself yeah. up
1: that makes sense so yeah. when
0: he went back it, he had i mean I, when i say he rebuilt his reputation i think he reaffirmed in that bush car, that man, this guy can do
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. You. Mostly in his eyes. In his own he, eye, You yeah. know, because everybody, like, man, that's a bad man right there. He, yeah. You know.
0: In some of the notes, uh, Jack was, um, Jack comes up in some of the notes as, you know, very connected, but he had success and experience in other things, sports car, IMSA. And a lot of times, the, the stock car mentality that you carry. And the sports car or, or you know, the, 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 the different mentality in motorsports that he had would kind of clash. Oh, no question. Right? Yeah. And so talk, talk about how y'all worked through, through that and, and what would end up being some of the end results.
2: Well, Ford Motor Company trusted Jack with racing money. He had always done great for him. They were frustrated with the Elliots because they took the money and didn't tell him anything. So, Ford couldn't take, you know, Ford's spending an incredible amount of money, but but Moore's not going to get this information and Ernie's not going to tell anybody else, you know. So, Jack's job was to have a shop right down the street in Livonia where the Ford guys could come out and see what's going on. Do you hmm. think
0: if you, uh, to be fair, um, if like, do you, why that, I, what you're saying about the Elliots rings, uh, feels so real to me because I remember when he goes to Daytona, he qualifies at 214 miles an hour. He's like lights out better than anybody. Mm -hmm. Cale Yarbrough is driving his ass off.
2: Turned it over.
0: (laughs) Right. Trying to keep up with him uh, in the, in the, in the Rainier car, which was a rocket. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and nobody, but no, I mean, Bill unlapped himself twice under the green (laughs) at Talladega. (laughs) Crazy. When he really (laughs) needed to open it up. Um, So, I mean, I think we'd all love to know what they were doing, but they were so good. It was like, how would they? Why would they? How could they? Yeah. Share right? What would they be willing to divulge to a? Uh, you know. But, oh, but understood. More? Yeah, understood.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with F- Ford's take on it. Yeah. But I can understand why can they understand would be the saying that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know. Yeah so Jack's first idea was, well, we'll just build them up here. And he had a nice shop and a bunch of good guys. And I said, we're not going to be able to hire the quality, experienced people. I'm not saying they didn't have quality people in Livonia, but they didn't have any experience for how this all worked. And he said, okay, find a shop near you. And so we we put it in in Liberty. But I always appreciated Jack for doing that because I thought that was pretty realistic. And I, I made the point, you know, we can go to, Charlotte twice a year, Rockingham twice a year, Mernsville twice a year, and North Hooksville twice a year. And we won't have a motel bill because we'll just drive right. back and forth. Well, I was taught that at the Pettys, and, and that's how they did it. And, and, you know, he either bid on it or got tired of fighting with me over putting it in Liberty, but we wound up in Liberty, which I, didn't, I don't think was a bad idea.
0: Yeah. So um, Robin Pemberton, what is, what is his
2: role in this whole thing? Okay. Okay. Um, Jack's first choice for a crew chief was Gary Nelson. Fantastic racer.
0: We can't get him to come do an interview here. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, was he that hard to hire as a crew chief? <laughs> <laughs> I think he... I
1: think, I, was he as hard to hire as a crew chief as he, was, he was to get a book on a <laughs> podcast? No, I, 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 I've died to talk to him.
2: <laughs> I think he had just gone to... Felix. Yeah. And that was the original big money deal. Yeah. You know,
0: I think he thinks I want to talk about Bumpergate for an hour and a half. Oh, and that's why yeah. he won't come. No. Yeah.
1: We were only going to designate we a half gonna, hour we for that. We're just going to talk about 10 minutes about
0: <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> but, and, Robin, and Robin had worked for Gary at DieGuard. And uh, he said, No, but you, you should hire Robin Pemberton. And uh, the same engineer that asked me about going to work for Jack, and I didn't know it was Jack at the time, uh, knew Robin from helping at Dieguard. and he said well why don't you just get robin and steve okay so that's what we did so you know we had nothing we had a six thousand square foot building with nothing inside it not even bathrooms not an office not anything so we're going to get started doing this i said rob you take care of the race cars and i'll get all this, this stuff going you know we actually tunneled it was on a concrete slab and we actually they put me in a hole, we, and I had a shovel, and I just dug and dug and dug and dug and dug, dug till I got where I needed to be, where the hole was, where we had blasted out in the concrete floor where the toilet went. So, you, you know, I, I had to do that you kind doing of stuff. It. And, yeah, and, and
1: Rob yeah. took care of the race cars, which is yeah. fantastic. I was going to say, at the worst-case scenario, Tex taught you how to do the outhouse That's thing. exactly I mean, right. That. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds incredibly fun to,
0: like, have a blank – well, to have a blank yeah. sheet canvas and – Reasonable funding to, oh, to create yeah. this, shape this thing however you want it to be. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, yeah. it's a huge opportunity. You just had to – you'd lay awake nights wearing if you were going to – if it, you don't want to be the weak part. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so uh, I remember that car coming to the racetrack, Stroh's Light. Uh, Cool-looking race car and a uh, simple little paint scheme. Um, and y'all had – you know, it was a fast car right out of the gate. Brand new team. The perception for me as a kid was Jack Roush. He's freaking amazing. He wins. He's going to have Ford support. Mark Martin, great driver. Mm-hmm. Matter of time before this thing starts becoming something to concern about. My whole thing is like, what's going to keep dad from winning? This right. was obviously yeah. going to be one of the things that was going to take away from, from dad's success. That's how I measured everything at the time, right? Tim Richmond. Who's coming? We got to keep an eye on. That's right. Davey Allison, all those things. And so, um, and it wasn't long. I mean, you guys uh, found success early.
2: The second year. Yeah. Yeah. The first year wasn't great. What was wrong with the first year? What was
0: not great about it? Uh,
2: We didn't. Jack had yet to accustom himself to building cup engines. Leonard Wood helped a lot with that. Leonard and Jack were really good friends. So... And the second year, we went from rear-steer cars to front-steer cars.
0: That's a big
2: difference. And we tested 28 times. Yeah. Which put a load on the bank book and Mm -hmm. a a load on the engine shop and a load on our guys, and Jack bought us another tractor trailer that just tested, and we wore airplanes out going here and there. And and we looked at it as just a way to uh, increase Mark's knowledge about driving race cars our knowledge about mark all of us being together with mark mark being together with us you know it just it just shoved everybody together and shortly after that i can remember bud Moore say hey he had that tongue out of his mouth i'm going to talk to france and we ain't going to test but about 10 times next year i said well why don't you test as much as we did i'm telling you you ain't going to test as much next year either so they they came with a rule that i think it was 10 times you yeah. can test but yeah <laughs> my god but it helped us a lot it it really You know, they talk about a learning curve, but it it flattened ours out a lot.
0: So, um, when does Robin leave?
2: End of 91. End of 91. So,
0: the the best chance at winning a championship, 1990.
2: Yeah. Um, Should have.
0: Should have won a championship. So, this is another one of those moments where I'm going to sit across from the table with somebody and there's something uh, unfortunate happened that involves – dad or dad's team or in, in this case richard Childers. so he goes so there's a the team so first off let's talk about um the team getting uh, failing tech for the roof being too low at daytona right right and so jack sits there at the tech shed and watching everybody else get teched and goes well what's that what about this right he, yes some
2: some things that he that was unfortunate
0: he well i mean he's did he do anything wrong
2: um, maybe the only problem was not understanding the culture.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: And so that ticked off officials, teams, yeah. who? Uh,
2: Big uh, Bill Jr.? I don't think so. I, I can't believe it ever got back to him. But Did the
0: officials take offense?
2: Oh, no question. Buster was the guy in the template room. Gotcha. And at that time, they didn't have the block, you know, the red, little, green, yeah, yeah. yellow, you mm-hmm. know. So you just kind of. It's look a wooden at, yeah. thing. Go on. Just gone. Yeah. Go on. yeah. So, so we went to our. <laughs> we went to Rockingham and I, I can't remember where we qualified, but Jack was nervous about how cold it was. So we taped the, he said, I, I want to tape the cowl shut. The air's going to be too cold. I'm, hey, you're the like engine guy, you know, and uh, we almost got lapped. And he said, what are you going to do on the stops? So he said, we're taking that darn tape off the cow, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that much, you know. <laughs> so, we, so we got that off and, and got to running okay. And we were up there with your dad and Rusty racing and racing and racing a caution came out with i don't know how many laps to go but enough where you could gamble on tires and i think we probably got just rights and those two got racing behind us which you could kind of predict and and we won the race and it, it's all cool you know and uh go to victory lane it's freezing cold and uh get done with that shoved the car down in the garage and we pulled the hood open and richard Childers came by on this side and he went it's right there and mm. i'm like I didn't even know it was right there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what he was talking about. I know that, as it turns out, Jack had—because we would complain about motors, and Jack was always nervous about our drag because we, tra- we were more than happy to trade drag for downforce. And at Richmond, did it really make any difference? I don't know. But Jack was always on Robin as the crew chief to make sure the cow lined up perfectly— Basically, of the cowl lined up perfectly with the car bottom of the airplane. Yeah. Okay. So— couldn't get it done. Uh Rob calls Jack and says, Hey, you got a killer machine shop. Make us an inch and a half spacer. Nope nobody knew you couldn't have over an inch spacer. You yeah. know, we're we're just a bunch of dummies in Liberty, you know. You're
0: just trying to get the air cleaner up to get the cow, the right. the base of the air cleaner plate to be even with the cow. So the air yeah. flows best. Right. Yeah.
2: And it went through inspection Friday, it went through inspection for qualifying, it went through inspection Sunday. And we're like, Cool, you know, and won the race. Oh yeah, well Richard had seen it, and God, I don't want to over uh, overstate our case at all. uh I think after nineteen eighty nine our plate cars got really good too, so at that point, Richard's a wise old bird man, and he's looking around same as you did about who's going to beat my dad, and he was like, those guys could win a championship yeah and and he knew the rules he's a super experienced guy, and he just he said, here's what, I'm stopping this right here, which is, I, I've never faulted him for that.
0: That's uncharacteristic, though, for anybody to uh, walk up in the middle. Like, usually, I mean, it's really, um, maybe I'm naive, but I don't, I thought that there, I think, and you, you don't even have to comment on it, but um, I thought that there was like this sort of unspoken agreement. Like, you you, you wouldn't, would, you wouldn't there. roll up in the middle of a tech Yeah. As an as an on the opposing team and go, look at that. That's wrong. Yeah. Right? Physically in the moment. Right now you might go up in the trailer and tell Buster or somebody, say, Hey man, I didn't I didn't I don't think that car fits the template. Yeah. You might have that conversation with them
2: behind closed doors, but not out there in the middle of the garage pointing and we we were actually we had actually come down from the little victory lane they have at Richmond and we were outside draining the water out of the engine. So it's not like we were but still pulling the crank that, out, but
1: that, that guess, was and, that was surprising, yeah, yeah. And so, um, but, but wait, but didn't this start with Jack doing this? I mean, I, I, I'm I trying think, to put all this together because no, so I'm saying Jack, is that Jack
0: started doing this. Jack sitting in and watching tech at Daytona after they failed his car should have no uh impact on Richard Childers. Richard Childers isn't this isn't it, is Richard's not doing this in response to that, he's Richard not. Richard just saw a threat. Okay. In terms of their performance, but to walk up into the garage or wherever, right, openly in the mm. out and go, that is wrong. Look at that. Come here, guys. I, I, okay, I see
1: the yeah. difference. But then, if going back to your comment, saying that that was unfortunate and that maybe Jack just didn't understand the culture, it I would assume that means that it did have some sort of ramification. That maybe even put a bullseye on you guys or something. I mean, oh yeah, I think that's true. So that's what. So maybe he didn't do exactly what Richard did. Going there, it is. I told you, right? But but it probably didn't help any of the situations,
2: right? Yeah, it was as in the words of Ernie Elliott, it's a combination of things. You you, you know, (laughs) I mean, that's forty six points they took away for that. Mm -hmm. Why forty six points? I think they made us the last car on the lead lap. Oh. I I think that's what it was because I remember walking up in the trailer, and Les Richter, who we all loved. Said, hey, hey, man. Here's how it's going to go down. I'm like, okay. How'd you come up with that? And he told me. And I said, okay. I said, man, we're behind. And he said, no. He said, just beat them by more than that. And, and I, yeah. I, I was standing there at Atlanta, the last race, going, I'm not sure we're going to beat him by more than that. <laughs> yeah. So you
0: lost the twenty, uh, the championship to Dab at twenty six points. Yes. Mm. Um. While.
2: But, but we took that, Yates car. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why, that's what I want to get to. So. Is it you go to a test at Atlanta preparing for that final race, y'all?
2: With 12 cars. With
0: t- y'all took 12 race 12, cars. 12 race cars. 12 cars. 12 cars. Mark good drives race. all 12 of them. Yeah. How how did you whittle that down to to one?
2: Uh we just went back to what we'd always done. You know, this just this is the car we ran really good with in the spring and you know, None we had a the new other f- cars Nah, we, we were just uh, just trying different body yeah. stuff, and just to see. the one that was really different was a, a chassis that had been developed by Ford Motor Company. In fact, Jeff Bonin, I think, actually ran one in that race, and uh, they were all just okay, but they weren't as good as the one Mark was used to. Maybe it's the way the seat fit, or yeah. you, you know. But he he said, "I want this car."
0: So how does he get in? How, how does he get the opportunity to drive the Roush car?
2: We had gone to Phoenix and.
0: Like is this is after the test.
2: No, we had come, we had just come from Phoenix, uh-huh. and we had, uh, and your dad t- killed us. And he, some people say he put on four right, left side tires or whatever. But anyway, he, he ran really fast, and w- he was the guy, you know, especially in Atlanta. I mean, my yeah, God, he was good at Atlanta when yeah. he wore Adidas tennis shoes. And his fire suit was too small. He kicked that butt at Atlanta. He, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just good. Mm-hmm. But the Yates truck comes in from Phoenix. And they just pull in to go and run a few laps. Well, he goes out and it's like three tenths quicker than us like that. We're like, Oh my God. So it's not cause it's a Ford. It's cause it's our Ford. <laughs> We're not very good. You know? <laughs> so somehow Mark went over and <laughs> asked if he could drive it. And, uh, sure. And he went out and he's three tenths quicker than we could run. You know, he's as good as Davey. And I'm like, Oh wow. What did he say about the car? He said, I need that motor. Mm. and, I mean, put yourself in Jack Roush's shoes. I mean, you, you would never want that to no. happen. you, you know no. what I mean. So I never, yeah. I, I didn't. I was like, oh boy, I don't know as I would have said that. Yeah. But anyway, and the way it all went down was, Jack said, "If you get the motor, you get the car." Okay, so we went and got the car and painted, Wait. painted. It. So um, Jack says,
0: if you're going to use their motor, you need the car too, right? So he yes, he, put a, he put up, he put. You, if you can pull, if you can check both in boxes. Mm-hmm. How do you initiate that conversation? Is With it a Ford motor? Is it a mo- Ford motor executive you're talking to? Um, or is it? Pre- or is it Yates?
2: I, I, I bet it was Preston Miller. Yeah. I bet Preston Miller was the go-between. You remember? Do you yeah. remember Preston? I don't. Okay, he was a Ford Ford guy.
0: And so y'all say, hey man, we'd love to have the motor in the car, and he goes, I'll talk to. I'm gonna go talk to Roush and try to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Roush. And Roush Any reluctancy to give – let the – I know you all are going for a championship. They're not, but they still have a car three-tenths faster
2: than y'all's. You mean Yates. I'm sorry, Yates. Yeah. yeah. But I think they had more of them. (laughs) They were fine. Yeah, they were like, whatever. You know, I remember going down – I said, I'm going down to pick up this car, Jack, because I don't want somebody to have to fight through it. You know, I'm not going to be the shy guy and go, just go get that car and we'll run real fast with it, you know. I just went in there and go, hey, man, and Norman was there and – I don't remember who the crew chief was, but they said, yeah, there's your car. We'll help you load it and all that. They were super cool about yeah. it. And we painted it and took it down. And unfortunately, and the went to qualifying, the wiring harness burned up.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen?
2: I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know. I, I, we prided ourselves on all that kind of stuff, you know, learning from Dale Inman and, uh, yeah, it, it just burned up, and it, it didn't hurt anything. No. You know, it was fine, and we never did run really good with it. And then when the race was over.
0: Wait, in the race, didn't it break?
2: No, it broke qualifying.
0: Okay, so it blowed the motor. Yeah, Was that the race engine? or? Uh, I, I don't mean, know. Back then, I, I, they yeah. probably had different motors, right? Yeah,
3: I'm sure
2: they did. So
0: with the Yates power and car just didn't have a good, just didn't go like, just didn't just had an okay race. Yeah,
2: yeah, we were just okay. okay. And, I, and your dad was spectacular. I imagine. I mean, always was. So after the race, you were saying, uh, everybody. I you know the next year at Rockingham. Remember they had the little diner at Rockingham. You go out there and eat just outside the garage. Junior Johnson. You know, I'd never spoken to him in my life. Hey. Why'd y'all boys run that car? I go, well, I don't know. He, you know, everybody's like, man, why, why? even your daddy grabbed me. Man, that was the dumbest thing I ever seen y'all did. You beat me all week, all year. And now you went and used somebody else's car. I'm like, yeah, I, I can't talk about it because you're not going to say, well, I wouldn't have made that yeah. decision, but that's not what the boss wanted to do. But, yeah. so, but anyway, Jack did make a statement somewhere that uh, it wasn't about the engine. We needed the car because the Yates guys had – Figured out something in the steering, and and that broke everybody's heart. You you know, you know what I mean. But but you know, be honest, it would have broken everybody's heart in Livonia, including Jacks, Mm -hmm. if we'd just taken the engine. So so so, you know, that's kind of fair fair game there. You know, but but that made us, and we did a terrible job of reacting to losing the championship. Had a horrible year in '91. Mm. Never won to the last race of the year.
1: Really? Yeah. And what? Why? What happened? get heartbroken? Yeah. Just didn't weren't mature in the just way didn't have we didn't In the dealt gel with it. And, yeah. and the, yeah. the chemistry. Yep. Yeah. Didn't carry over. That's interesting. Yeah.
2: Cuz we had come so far, so fast. Yeah. And it's it's like pulling a stool out from under somebody, you know, we just dropped. I mean. Yeah.
0: It's like, you know, Carl tying for the championship and losing by, you know, yeah, to Stewart that year, coming so close or, or the caution coming out, you know, late in that race. Yeah. that he that again he had another shot at oh, championship yeah. that broke him. Yeah. Um, nineteen ninety three, this is a this is a moment in Mark's career that I don't know is celebrated enough. Um, an unbelievable stretch where there were four Cup wins and five Xfinity or Busch National wins in a row from August eighth, um, all the way to October, won every race.
2: That he yeah. Drove. Yeah, but you have to know more about the springtime. Um, went to the Winston. Ran really, really good. We're leading. Caution comes out with six to go or something. Some guy in a black car comes up alongside. Whoop-a, 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 pointing at him and all this stuff. Just like, I got this, you know. And sure enough, he passes us in I guess he won a race, your dad. Yeah, I don't remember. And uh, went to Michigan like two weeks later, and had a really good car, and uh, racing with Earnhardt in last practice, and uh, to crash each other. Mm. <laughs> so we're like, jeez, we didn't we didn't run in the back of him trying to win the Winston, and now here we are crashing in practice, which doesn't pay anything. <laughs> And what the hell? He, you know, yeah. so the whole, you know, now the whole thing is like, oh, my God. So you're walk, constantly walking around. We got him. You know, that, you know, everything's cool. Everything's cool. Everything's cool, you know. And it, it was another time that we didn't have the maturity as a team to do real well until we built this killer uh, down, super high downforce uh, road race car. In fact, we had to go to Jack and say, is there any way you can lower the distributor in that car? Because they're on the front in a Ford. And he said, yeah, I can do that. What are you going to I said, well, the hood's going to hit it. Otherwise, he's like, why would the hood hit it? The hood's not even close. I said, the hood's going to hit it, man. Because <laughs> so, the hood was yeah. on it like this, yeah. you know. And uh, mm-hmm. he did it, and Mark did a fantastic job, which he's a wonderful road racer. And uh, we won there, won those, won three in a row the next three years at uh in, in three years we won every Watkins Glen race and then we won those four in a row. And that yeah. was, you know, that's a, and you know, I had a really bad pit stop at Bristol and put him under the green and had him two laps down. Cause I was slow and he made up for it, you know? And I mean, he, he was just, the example I always gave people cause Bob Labonte always accused us of having a carbon fiber roof on the Winn Dixie car. And right. I, I said, Bob, it's not that, man. It's confidence. He said, oh, I said, I'm telling you, man. When Mark climbs through the window of the Winn-Dixie car, he's 10 foot tall with a machine gun under each arm. You know, he's just so com. I got him. I, yeah. Flat tire, I got him. I got him. Well, in that run, Mark was that way. You know, not not just in the Winn-Dixie, but in the Valvoline car, mm-hmm. you know. if I put him two laps down. He just, he just made him up, he, you know. I mean, yeah. when, and when you used to have to race back, he, you know, it's not like – there was a lucky dog, you know. Yeah. So it, it, he was he was at the top of his career. He was, let's see, what was that, 93? So he was hes a year older than a year. He was uh, 34 years old, you know, yes. right, right where you need to be when you're the best you're going to be between 30 and 35. And, yeah. And he just had incredible confidence.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can attest to having raced against the Win dixie car in 98, 99, that it was – um he, you know, you're right. You know, you would, he would come to the racetrack and he just knew that if he did everything right, he could win the race. Yeah. And that really was what made him fast. Yeah. You know, he had a great car, but you we well, had great cars.
2: Just confidence.
0: Yes. Yeah. I didn't climb in my car the way he did.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: And, uh. But you did I in I could that, get there. Uh, yeah. In the race, if the race, if I didn't do anything too bad in the race, I could get that confidence. Yeah. But he started in practice. I remember going, I remember going to, uh, Charlotte. Actually, every time that he was going to race, I tried to follow him on to the racetrack in practice. And uh, I remember following him out for practice at Charlotte's, 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't think the cup cars have been on the racetrack. I don't think Mark has. I know I haven't. And we go off – we go down the back straightaway. I'm trying my hardest to stay with him. And he arced it into one about three car lengths wider than I would even thought and buried it down in there. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm thinking – how in the hell? <laughs> like, how in the hell? He qualified the very first lap on the track. You know, yeah. I, I needed three laps you know, like, to figure out where the hell I was at.
2: Yeah, with a little do on the track. You know? Yeah, late. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was like, and I'll never forget that. And um, I don't think there's anything that Mark could ever do or say that would ever change my opinion about him in terms of his guts, talent. his talent, and his confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, he whipped that thing off in there. I'm thinking – damn, he didn't even check it out. (laughs) He just went. First car on the track, you know. And uh, you can count on one hand the people that were willing to do that and capable of doing it.
4: Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hello com slash sale. And book your free consult today.
0: Let's talk about how you end up at DEI. Jimmy Fanning comes to Roush. Mm-hmm. Jimmy now has been in the ASA f- series a long time. This ain't like something that just came out of nowhere. So Jimmy has been...
2: Jimmy's good. Yeah,
0: he obviously, right? Yeah, he's, he's very, very good. good. But he had been... He He was known by... By Mark and other people in that shop because of his ASA connection, right?
2: Mark drove the
0: Miller car, right? The, the
2: red and white Miller cars. The Ford. J, uh, Jimmy and his brother Jeffrey worked on those cars.
0: Yeah, and so Mark knew him. This wasn't some, you know, outside. No, no, hire. no. Oh, no, 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 right. no, no.
2: No, and Jim and Jimmy was concerned, had become concerned about the future of Bobby Allison racing. Remember they had the he was, co- something in main, Maine and tail or something yeah. that kind of yellow. Is that where he was at? Yeah, that's where he was, yeah.
0: And so they move you into a GM role or mm-hmm. a management position. Is that, like, that didn't seem like a very easy transition.
2: Well, except that I still talked to Mark on the radio. I still did the really? debrief. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like the, the crew chief in, in terms of, communicating with Mark during the race. But mm-hmm. Jimmy, Jimmy's really good, and Jimmy's a really great guy. He brought some things that made us run faster. I mean, yeah, G- Jimmy's fine, but it still didn't feel quite right. Well It seems How? complicated, actually. Yeah. 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 How yeah.
0: long it, did you – when did you leave Roush?
2: Uh, September of 98.
0: When did you come to DEI? Uh...
2: October of 98.
0: Okay, so it was very yeah. quick. Yeah. Okay.
2: Your dad had talked to me at Watkins Glen in '90. When what was the first year you were in 96 Six or seven? Yeah. yeah. And he said, Hey male, how about coming over and help my kid race? And I said, no, no, man, I, I got what I need to do. And you got, you know, I, I knew Tony and Tony jr. I said, you got great people over there, man. You, you know, but I gave him, I actually gave him banjo's name as somebody that could probably help, you know? And then, so when I got fired from Roush, uh, and that was from a lack of performance, um, and I should have been fired because when Mark walked out the door and everything went to Charlotte, I was just crestfallen. He, you know what I mean? I just – I did not react at all like you need to react. Mark walked out the door. Yeah, he took the team and all. Everything moved to Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then they they had – And a, you
0: were going to have to go
2: – No, I, I stayed in Liberty with uh, Kevin LePage oh, and uh, Johnny Benson. The team split. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In half. Yeah, and that was heartbreaking. You know, we ran, didn't make Daytona because we gave our best car t- to Mark. They built a car for Mark. Uh, Benson down in, yeah. didn't
0: make Daytona. Right. They, they, I remember that.
2: Yeah, uh, Buddy Parent and the guys built a car for uh, Mark down in uh, Charlotte, at Concord, actually, and they uh, it was terrible. It you know, didn't run fast, wasn't good in the wind tunnel. So Mark calls and said, man, you got a good car? I said, well, we got one really good car, and we gave it to him. So we took, a not as good car. Yeah. I, we just didn't qualify fast enough to make it in the 125s yeah. and just so anyway, we went home. So that's everybody's heartbroken. So we went to I don't remember Richmond, we went to Rockingham and we were running.
0: You had a good decent run at Rockingham, right?
2: It blew up.
0: But it was running all right. Oh
2: yeah, we were second and third all day yeah. long and then we went to Las Vegas. It's when the Tauruses kicked everybody's butt, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh we went to Las Vegas and really good. We were leading the race in it. I think Johnny sped on pit road or something, you know, and everybody's super down and people were calling back and forth. You know, people would call from Charlotte, the the teens would get on the phone with each other and say, well, you don't have this and we have that. You know, it was both sides. I'm not blaming any one group, but it just, it just broke me. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Why did that happen?
1: Why, what why, why did Mark? Why did the teams, why why did the
0: geography split?
2: Jack convinced Mark that there was stuff in Charlotte that he couldn't get in Liberty.
1: Hmm. Huh.
0: How far is that in travel?
2: 70 miles. Hmm. So that was, you know. Just That'd
1: be hell bad. on Team Chemistry. <laughs> oh, oh it was yeah.
2: incredibly bad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll never forget. <laughs> See, they ran a bush car, too, it, with uh, Burton. Down there. It was yellow number nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh where did it run? Charlotte out of Charlotte or Yall's Place? It ran out of Charlotte. Yeah. And and we still had the Win Dixie car with us. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which is really weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, yeah, we'd be over there changing putting a race motor into Johnny Benson's car on a Saturday afternoon. The bush race is starting, they go, Hey. They're looking for you that Mark wants you to talk to him on the radio in the Winn-Dixie car. I'm like, okay, so you'd leave your car and, you know, you, you, you feel that's like so there were times you felt like you were the only one, and I'm not saying this is correct, but there were times you felt like you were the only one that was trying to do this and everybody else was trying to blow it apart. I'm yeah. going to tell you something. Yeah. Uh,
1: that's how I always felt you were with the DEI, to be honest with you. I've always thought you were trying to keep – things together yeah and everybody else was trying to make that difficult but not to jump ahead I'm just saying so that's what was going on at Rouse but then you got fired well it was obvious to Jack somebody I, mean, I didn't
2: care he, you know I just I was, I
1: was over it. you know in fact he
2: he, got you. he he said we're going out to dinner in Indianapolis like oh man I don't want to go out to dinner he's yeah let's go and and he, we had a good relationship we were friends but it was the professional part was really tough and Jack said, "You know, I'm. I, I, you you might lose your job if you don't get Johnny running better." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know." He said, "What would you say about that?" I said, "It don't matter to me, you, you know." <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't care, you know. So the first person I called was Ty Norris, mm. and I went down, and I was supposed to meet Dale Earnhardt down in the Deerhead shop. No, it was another shop that was up at the road, but I think it got knocked down when the eight. Ate... It was a house, mm-hmm. Great the... house. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, and I pull in there when I'm supposed to be there as opposed to how I did today. And I got there on time and there's no Dale Earner. I thought, oh, man, he's not even interested. And he comes in about ah, maybe 30 minutes later. He's all camo and stuff on his face. I'm like, geez, you know, is there a, is, is is there there a war? nuclear war coming on <laughs> that they haven't, you know, I haven't been watching the news. Or And he goes, hey, Melia, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. You just be here Monday. You don't worry about it. I'm like, thank you very much. (laughs) You know, and and that's how it went. Yeah. You won a championship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 98. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You came on as a consultant out of the gate and then took on a bigger role in 01 when Dad passed away. Is that how you would describe it? How would you describe your... Let's... I want to... Tell me what you... How you would describe your role at DEI from the time you got there through probably around 03, 04. Because they were... There were times when it felt like, yeah. like, there were times when it, like, you were always a good voice of reason. I could walk in your office and you could make sense of any kind of uncertainty or turmoil, turmoil or disagreements, whether it, no matter who it was with, right? Yeah. And I remember your shop being down the hall from Richie's mm-hmm. and Ty's, you know, whoever mm-hmm. the GM was at the time. Mm-hmm. And there were times when that was, who was running, you know, who was the GM that was some, Ty. Yeah. Ty. But there was some times when there, that was difficult. We, you know, Ty's been here and talked about how uh, things were hard with Teresa sometimes, and he was put in some bad situations
2: a- after your dad's right. passed. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but you seem to always kind of be like a somebody that could kind of just see how this could go good if we all do X, Y, and Z. And you know, we yeah that sucks, but this is good yeah. and this is good, and let's do, you know, and so. I, I would like to hear what you felt like your role was um, and and how you feel like that all kind of played out. I mean, I know when you got there, Dad's alive, everything. We got this vision. Yeah. He's going to hire all – you know, if Dad walked up to most anybody in the garage and said, hey, you want to come over here, they yeah. were going to
2: come, right? He was going to get yeah. the best people for all of us. He was on the roof of your shop when they brought the heating and air units in with a helicopter, and he's up there, you know, no, no nothing, just – you know cowboy boots and a snap button shirt you know and I mean he was Dale Earnhardt you know but I don't know I saw I saw people cry a lot over your dad Mm -hmm. and I heard a lot of people say they didn't think they could go on Mm -hmm. and I said well I'm not part of the family Uh, I haven't been here a long time uh love the guy gonna miss the heck out of him but we have to keep doing what we have to do, and and that's when I just tried to round everybody up—not rah-rah kind of stuff—but sure. just to, you know, take make sure everything went to the wind tunnel and make make sure this was right and that was right. And we had the, you know, we knew what we were doing. All of our uh, uh, electronic stuff worked right, and the cars ran good, and we had good pit stops. And and uh, Ty was a lot a part of that. Until your dad passed, and then Ty spent a lot of time being frustrated with Teresa, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think he was I'm not picking on Ty I, I think I think it wasn't I feel like it was a bad day when
1: Ty left
2: yeah, yeah, I thought Ty was Ty th- said
1: as much yeah yeah, yeah. Th- Ty said as much after Dale I mean it, it, I think his words were just it felt like they lacked a leader, yeah, and he didn't know whether what his role was like he, he like am I supposed to be lead? nobody kind of knew. Is I think right?
0: Mike. I think Mike's in a bad situation right here because neither one of us, I think, are ones that are going to put a point a finger at anybody. Well, right? nobody.
2: But I understand that. <laughs> no, there it was nobody. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely nobody.
1: Yeah. But yeah, but I'm not saying that some. Well, let me before I sit there and try to decide what I think. What? How would you characterize the time after 2001? What is it that when you think back to those tumultuous years? what is it that we don't know about that? Like, I mean, we all have our vantage points of, uh, of of what happened with, you know, all the way through 2004, 2005, 2006. But like, what what is it that stands out to you in terms of the challenges that DEI as a company had? And then what was your role in that? Like, how did you?
2: Oh, I just felt like we'd been cast adrift. You, you know, we're just out here floating, you know, hoping a boat comes by and picks us up, you know, and Teresa had a, group of ladies that she really enjoyed working with they, they trusted each other and it was her and judy and another lady and uh teresa was i would say the biggest problem i had was that teresa didn't make decisions in a timely manner
0: yeah, it took a long time for things to it took, come through took a long time yeah, think, yeah and we couldn't we, a lot of stuff needed to we needed a yes or a no yeah today yeah when it was gonna you you'd, you'd get two weeks or yeah something. and that's just racing yeah. you, you know what i mean you gotta go i mean it's it, fast you know
2: yeah
0: You know, but after sitting down, sitting down and talking to you and talking to Ty and and Tony Jr. or anybody else that was a part of it, it's really uh, pretty sensational that we were able to have it, the success that we had.
2: Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible.
0: Because, like you say, I mean, we lost our rudder, we cast you. Know, oh, yeah. Out, lost at sea, all that, and it had every chance and every opportunity to fail, and for for everybody to lose hope. Right, yeah. we lost hope. Yeah. Right. And But how – I think it says a lot to uh, all the individuals involved, you, Ty, everybody that had a a critical and managerial style role, crew chiefs, car chiefs, people, anybody that had real, you know, skin in the game, being able to – you know, without Dad being able to kind of be the bumper for the alley, all those – all those different personalities. Yeah. Right? All finding different some. Different backgrounds, yep. different specialties. Some synergy yeah. that put us in on a good path. Uh, I mean, in 2004,
2: you know, if I had any damn. Is that when we should have won a championship? Yeah, with you? Should have yeah. won. Didn't uh, the kid from Missouri? Carl. Didn't he turn you down to backstretch at Atlanta?
0: I, I, yeah. I will. I'll take a little responsibility for that, but um, I won't because I, I, mean, was, <laughs> I was spotting. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. No, no. Carl he drove. He drove in the back of us, um, and then we broke the rear end yoke at Martinsville. Yes. And uh, you know those two things together, kind of. Yeah.
1: And then you custom victory lane at Talladega, and they yeah. docked two points for that.
0: Yeah. But um. Yeah. Look at so, but still, you know, six wins yeah. for me. You know, I thought you know, incredible. Incredible year for any any team, right? So I was – and we um, we come out of that year, and I'm sitting – I still don't know how this is happening or how, how this happened or how I was uh, – how I asked for this to happen. But I remember sitting in Richie's office going
2: – Was Ty gone? Yeah, yeah. Ty's
0: gone, I think. Yeah. I'm sitting in Richie's office, me and Tony Jr., I don't remember what happened the week before, but we get the we get the homestead and we're racing to finish third in points. Like we got a chance to run third, right, if we hit, if
2: we do everything right. Pre chase.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you won at Phoenix the week before.
0: You want, We did.
1: You won at Phoenix the week yeah. before. We coming the, off a win, naturally. Coming off a yeah. <laughs> win.
0: We get the we get to homestead and Junior's in a <laughs> mood and so am I. <laughs> and we we're in practice and I I can't figure this freaking track out. They just put the the variable banking in. It used to be flat, and it was fun. I didn't like the new homestead. You know, I love it now, but back then, you didn't run the fence. And I couldn't figure this thing out, and I couldn't get the car to go fast. We were struggling in practice, and we got – he was basically, like, tired of my <laughs> And we quit literally in a matter of an hour, went from starting the day like any other, any other crew chief or car chief driver combo to – not even wanting to... F- I'm not going up in that truck to even see this asshole. Oh, really? Yeah. We were so mad at each other in the mor- by the time the morning practice was over with. Remember the two-hour practice before qualifying? Mm-hmm. We were so mad at each other we couldn't stand to look at each other. Probably similar to some of the things that you experienced. I was immature, didn't realize... I was. I couldn't see how to handle that better. And... Was too hard-headed to handle it in a better way. We get, we go through the whole weekend, and we leave the racetrack, and we get home, and I sit down with Richie, and he's like, "We got to do something, man. It's, this can't continue. I think we should. You know, we've talked about the idea of switching to teams, and I'm like, that's a good idea. F- that F- this, sh-. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you damn right. I'm gonna prove them. I'm going to prove to Tony Jr. and Tony Sr. I yeah. can go with somebody else and do just as good. Like, I wish that somebody would have grabbed me and said, do you know what the hell heat season you just had? Are yeah. you sure you know what the hell? You have no clue what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, it was a huge surprise.
0: Yeah. And I was all for it. No question. And, I mean, it took me – I realized pretty early in that first year that, that I'd, I'd made a really big mistake. Pete lasted about ten races. Yeah, did you come right in? How did all that happen?
1: I don't remember. I, um, I don't either. I do. What but, happened? Uh, well, yeah, it was eleven races. I know uh, Pete, Pete was gone, and he was gone, and then you, um, you did, you took over as crew chief then. But hold up, are you saying you were completely unaware of what happened at Homestead? Because you, you seemed surprised by what he was saying, like that this friction that he and Tony Jr. had. And you said you were surprised when they made the off-season change or, like, suggesting it. But were you unaware of that whole thing? I'm sure I was aware of it, but in the past, it went away really
2: quickly. It worked itself out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just those guys. That's he, fair. He, you know, yeah. Okay. I remember you, I remember you couldn't drive at Darlington because you weren't a good race car driver, and yeah. the kid ain't worth a damn. And it turned out I had a broken axle. That's right, and and I remember Junior walking through the shop holding the broken axle over his head, like, "Hey, buddy, look at this! I can drive. Anybody can drive this thing." (laughs) You know, because so it it was. I'm not saying it was common, but it it wasn't. You wouldn't go, "Oh man, we're gonna, we got to step in right here." Okay,
1: okay. So then, then before we get into the crew chief stuff from 2005, then. In the off season, you say you were surprised that this was even being suggested, but right. did, did you, did people even seek your opinion in this or did you have no. a, nobody
2: did? Uh-uh. Well, when I was told it was going to happen, my first question was, have you talked to Junior? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he's hundred percent for it. Yeah. Which, which taking it out of context, you could say that, you know, but did anybody say, Junior, come here for a minute, you, you know, yeah. let's go ride on the farm or go fishing or something and that have a dog. That would have been nice. You know? Yeah.
0: I didn't think I needed that ride. You well, know, I, in my in my mind, I was, I was so far, I was so lost and assu- sure that I knew what the th- I was doing. But
2: Ty would have taken you on that ride. Yeah. You're probably t- right. Ty Norse. Yeah.
1: So Ty would have taken him on that ride. Oh, man, he would, would have ride. told would have t- me convinced. not
2: to do this. Get in the truck. Come on. we we'll going to knock over. It's snowing. We're going to knock over some mailboxes or we're going to yeah. go drink beer. Or we're going to go fishing <laughs> or something. He would, he would have.
1: June, come on, man, you know. Did did you have a gut feeling of what was going to happen with this change? Or were you hopeful that maybe they're right, this is going to work out great and Michael and the Uries are going to be fantastic and Dale and Pete Rondeau?
2: Well, well, as I remember it, I think Slugger was their first choice. Slugger Labby.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, is it? That's true.
2: And I said, hey, man, you know, I remember him coming into Richie's office and Richie talked to him and said, hey, you're you're the guy, you're going to be Junior's guy. And he's like, I said, man, we got a lot of work to do, you know, because I really don't know what goes on in the eight shop that much. Out of respect for Tony and Tony Jr., I I wasn't going to go bashing in on their deal. The first day I came to work at Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, my goal was to there were some people that basically grew up with and under Dale Earnhardt. And I'm not going to be some smarty pants comes in here with shiny shoes on telling you guys what you're doing wrong. You know, so I kept that the whole time. And so I so we'll get so we'll get Slugger. OK. And Slugger said because I, I, I just didn't understand what they had. You know, and they had some really nice, cool stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't know it. Um, Slugger said, yeah, he said, I'm taking a couple of weeks off and go skiing. But when we get back, we'll get after. It. And I went, Oh, and he laughed and I said, all right, man. And he laughed and Richie said, what do you think? I said, I'm not sure that's the guy. If, you know, if I had, you would, it's Dale junior guys, it's D E I. You know, if they said, look, you, you got to dig a trench from juniors, double wide across the street under highway three to get into work every morning, you, you'd start shoveling, you, you, you know, I mean, and I, I love Slugger, and I hope he doesn't look at this and go, man, that, that guy just run me and run. N- not at all. Slugger had the right attitude. I had the wrong
1: attitude. Mm. So when was the decision, and who made it for Pete to be the crew chief? I can't remember. Cause all I've remembered is that Pete was your, your crew chief in that Bristol, in the, that That's right. Series car. So, yeah. Oh, oh, Really? Pete
0: was yeah. the crew chief on the blue car that we won the Xfinity Wraiths at Bristol when we swept the night. It was, the taco, the, uh, it was taco Bell. I don't know. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. It was Menards. It was a blue Menards car, 81. Uh. And same thing with Lance McGrew. So Lance was on, uh, Lance crew chief, my Xfinity car in like 08 at Charlotte, and we ran pretty good. And so when it came time to say, hey, man, do we need to change the crew chiefs? Well, this guy worked all right. You know, I like yeah. I liked working with him. You know, and we thought Pete was going to be a... Uh, you know the next.
2: Good it's it's really easy to. I have caught myself, being lazy about picking an employee at any level in racing when the pressure's on. That you're leaving Thursday and you got to go do this again. Yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. know what I mean? I I I'm. I, it's hard. Trust me. You know? I yeah. mean that's.
0: We didn't. I mean I. That was a nod of. I, I don't envy Pete. Right. Being, oh, it was terrible for Pete. Oh yeah. 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 And so. He don't get a fair shake. He no. goes, now Pete goes off and goes to Furniture uh, Row and, and yeah. lives, he happily, does fine. lives happily ever after. B- but yeah. we did
2: cut his legs off. Yes. Yeah.
0: And so you, did you have apprehensive about like coming in and taking over the reins there? Did, were you like, oh, I'm not sure about this. You can be completely honest. You're not going to hurt No, No, no.
2: Uh-uh. I thought you had talent. And uh, I thought we had all the right things in the right place. Um, the car was down at the other, what I call the original Xfinity Bush yeah. Shop. The know? cars were separated. Yeah, and uh, I felt like they were a little heavy, so you know we spent a bunch of money on titanium bolts and what have you, and got them lighter, and you know did a good job. And no, I wasn't, I wasn't hesitant about it. I felt like if you just did the things you were taught by all the smart people, you'd be okay.
0: How long had you been spotting, for me?
1: Uh
2: about two years.
1: Yeah. Now, hold up. Okay. I, I have a question about this, because I just remember, wasn't Stevie Reeves your spotter when you won the Daytona 500? I'm sure of it, because I remember him being on the radio telling people to go with him, and he had Mike Key. So Stevie Reeves started 04 with, as your spotter. I just don't remember what it, happened. He went with, to Menard. Is that? Okay. Uh, yeah. And then you took over. Mm-hmm. That's what I could not remember when you took over, but it was in '04, right? Yeah,
2: I actually, when I first spotted for Junior, was at Milwaukee when they announced that everybody had to have a spotter, and it was at a bush race. Remember, Joey Myers spotted somebody, and you know, people that we were like
1: looking for people that are used to using a radio, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, but so, so when you became crew chief then in '05, after about ten or eleven races, who became your spotter? I don't tie maybe. Nope. Ty was gone. Ty was gone. Was it Jimmy oh, Kitchens? Jimmy Kitchens. Jimmy Kitchens. That's exactly who it was. Yeah. 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 He got trying in, to remember all this got, <laughs> he got in the
2: yeah, he got in a fist fight in the garage area at Talladega and I remember having a comment. Jimmy? Down. Yeah. With who? Well somebody turned around and threw a roller they were taping the nose, you know, and they turned around and threw it from the next car and it hit Jimmy rather than going in there. Big toolbox, you know, <laughs> and, and Jimmy took offense. I'm like Jimmy, whoa, whoa, you know, they can take your card. I mean, just yeah. stop. You know, yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah. I, I oh, love he's Jimmy wonderful. Kitches, okay, yeah, it was Jimmy. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I would have so, never thought of that. So
1: then you were, y'all were fixing the cars, making them lighter. It, I don't remember it still being like it. It was well, there was the Yuri situation, and Tony Junior tells it great, but like that, there was so much animosity man um that then well that's
2: over when, that's when they locked their shop yeah nobody could go in their shop
1: they had all the good
0: pretty things they had the yeah. springs and all they had shit the springs was
2: full. and you were wondering what that you were wondering about that oh yeah and they wouldn't and robbie they wouldn't fuller robbie fuller was really tight with tony jr and
0: the man who made the springs was yeah. tony jr's like no one gets this stuff right especially that that group down there right because I'm gonna prove to these some guns, right? You know, he, and
2: Robbie was dating the man's daughter, mm-hmm. and Robbie was super intent on becoming part of the inside group on the original eight car. Yeah, so with, with he, 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 yeah he wouldn't give us what anything. man's daughter? The, the Draco. guy that made the springs. Yeah. Oh, I got it. He's okay. dating the. Okay. He's
0: da- he he knows the Draco people very very I got it. very good. Okay, yeah. and hey, he's whatever he got to do to get a good spring. Oh, I mean, sure. Right? He also <laughs> works on the Bud car with Junior. He's That's not right. gonna. Cost That's himself right. his employment. I remember the day that we finally got a spring. Do you remember? Yeah. And i this. I'll never forget this. Where you coming? You come in to you becoming the crew chief, salvaged the year for the car. No, listen. So the I do not have at this point in my at this point in my life. I don't know how to rally these guys. I don't know these guys. These are Michael's guys. Yeah, uh, I've done ran off the crew chief that they they were answering to, and 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 now and and they don't they can't look to me because I don't have leadership skills, right? And I have no confidence in me or anything that's going on. And so, you coming over there was like a settling, calming, con, you know sorting out kind of voice and it it made a very intolerable year tolerable and more so than tolerable when we when we would you know have a good run or even win a race at Chicago i mean that win at chicago is uh one of my one of my more prouder moments because well you did that you put me in that position yeah but you it had was to a pick call, call. No, no no it's fuel right it was a pick call it was a big yeah. call, but not only that. A lot of th- I'm gonna tell you. You can ask any other crew chief that I've worked with. Th- a lot of them put me in that position, and I fail because they don't make me believe that it's possible. They put me in that position and say, "Well, good luck." You put me in that position and said, "We're gonna win this freaking race."
2: So you're calling me a liar right here on television? <laughs> no, I understand. Was, I knew, I knew you would win the race.
0: You would. You, you were a cheerleader, yeah. you know, and I really succeed. And if you look at Latart and how he, how he ran the team, man, he, he's good. He made you believe yeah. and he made you believe he believed in you. Right. When the crew chief believes the driver can drive, that is as important as the power in the motor and the handling of the car. That's true. If the yeah. driver is sitting there and questioning whether the crew chief believes in him, they are, that's a bad situation. Terrible Yeah Mm -hmm. And so You always Even before you started Running the deal in 05 You always Talked to me And and approached me In a very Positive manner When I talked to you you, I would You know I would always try to get around you Because I knew I was going to hear something good I knew I was going to get Something That lifted me up Right And Even when I maybe Even when it might have been bullshit. You were doing it because you knew I needed it, or you—you you could tell when it needed to be hit, said or happening, right? You knew how to how to get a guy up off the floor, and you've probably been, you know, doing that your whole life with the positions you've held in many of these companies. But we—we um, we go to Pocono and we're struggling, oh, yeah. right? And the car, we're struggling, and the car, our car is not doing platformed like in yeah. the other car. Tony Jr and them are having a good run. And midway through the race, uh they you got around. a spring. Yeah. How it, did you get the spring?
2: Uh it was hand delivered by either Tony Jr or Robbie Fuller.
0: Yeah. It was at a moment where they were like, okay. It's you know, like, look, you guys
2: are terrible. Suffered enough. Try this. Yeah.
0: And so we come down pit road, the way I remember it is, we come down pit road and I'm I think I'm aware we're going to change a spring, but I don't know I'm not visually un- understanding the details of what's happening underneath the hood. So we come down pit road, we unhook the front shocks, and you're like, "Okay, get going, catch and, up." And
2: the pace car was coming. Yeah, and I said, "Just speed, ain't gonna say nothing." Yeah, and they they did say <laughs> something. Yeah.
0: yeah, but also the car going down that very oh, yeah, wavy yeah. pit road at at Pocono, I'm literally. Not kidding. It points the freaking grill, and I mean the spl- the valance is two foot off the ground. Oh, this thing, yeah. and I'm thinking, it after a second or two, I realize I better slow this damn thing down because I'm it, it's going to stand on top of one of the shocks or something bad. Yeah, because the spring was that long. Yeah, yeah. So you've unhooked the shocks, and yeah. this thing's just uncontrolled. Anyways, we come around, catch up, and then I realize, okay, we're going to change the spring. So you change the spring, and then change do some rounds, right? And that was a guess. And then we bolt the shocks back on. Or brought the top of the shocks back up. And I'm thinking, this is all this is the first time I've ever changed a spring mid race. And is it gonna be even better is it gonna be any better than it was? What are the odds, right, that you nail Yeah
2: this no. It shouldn't have been.
0: Yeah. And it was. It yeah. all ass. Yeah, I yeah. know.
2: I know. It was insane. I mean it was just a <laughs> It was like, oh, my God. But you couldn't say no because you were being handed a gift. Yeah, y- yeah. Y- You know what I mean? Well, we're putting it in. I, you know, you, you,
1: An idiot would have said, get that thing out of here and just throwing it over the fence, you know. But, I would love to know what your response is. I don't know if you heard, but Tony Jr.'s version of that story is that it was Pops during the race that went to Tony Jr. and said, I'm tired of seeing them run like ass. You get, we're taking that thing down there, and it was Pops that – Grabbed that thing and went down to the pit and said, and and finally got Tony Jr. to say, put this in, throw 54 rounds in, or something like that, and watch what happens, or something like that. Now, that's what Tony Jr. said happened. Is that how you remember it? And if it is, what did that say about the, how surprising was that based off of the the tension that was going on at that time? Was that the healing moment that we didn't know we needed?
2: I wasn't told that till Monday morning. I, I didn't realize that Tony Senior was involved at all. Involved um, because I'd always been so aware of not trying to break up a guy that grew up with Dale Earnhardt. He, you know what I mean? Who thought the world of Dale Junior. You know, now he would be super hard on him and telling me couldn't drive race cars, which may or may not have worked all the time. But, <laughs> but anyway, but I felt like after that, you could go talk to Tony Senior. Mm. You know?
0: Yeah, that yeah. opened up the door a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to Chicago, and
2: well, yeah, we ran second, fourth of July, at Daytona. Yeah, oh, that's right, because the Presley girl was. Dude, why would we? Why would the? Why would Elvis Presley's daughter that's have been right. around?
0: She was there. I remember. Uh, I saw a picture of that recently. She right, it's your bus.
1: bus. Yeah. It's your bus.
2: Okay, well, during the race, I mean, we're we're doing all we can do, man. We might even win this darn thing because our play stuff was so good, and he was so good at it. But. They bring a girl across in front of the pit box, which is not what they have now, but still really nice. And they said, this girl's going to sit up here. I go, no, we just can't. I didn't even know who she was. I mean, I didn't see her face. <laughs> you know, I may have known if yeah. I saw her. And, you know, it came back to me after we ran second. Well, that's pretty cool. And, Somebody grabbed me and said, you idiot. You know, that was, she was part of something. I go, I, I didn't even. I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't know that, but <laughs> I don't think he could walk into the dugout at a Yankees game yeah. either. You, you, no. You know,
1: but, so, but anyway. that. So what it. you're saying is that you wouldn't let uh, Elvis Presley's daughter up on the pit box during the race. Yeah, it didn't embarrass hey, me. I'm on you your know. side on this one. Yeah.
0: It was a bench. Not, yeah. It ain't it was nothing like we had today. It, it, yeah. it was, yeah. It yeah. was exactly. a palace like I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't have let anybody up there either. I wouldn't right. have wanted anybody up there. No,
1: no. You needed your people up That's there. That's hilarious. Right? But I then didn't, we I, went to the Chicago- first time I'm
0: hearing that story. Yeah.
1: yeah. We
2: went to Chicago and we were just okay. You, yeah. you know what I mean? We were a top three car probably.
0: That's pretty good. And
2: Kansas had us killed.
0: Yeah, he was fast. He was good.
2: Yeah. And, it, and if you go back to the things you're taught when you're young, you know, if you want to run with the leaders, you pit with the leaders. If you, you know, if you have the best car and it's a decision between two tires and four tires, if it's not a track that's impossible to pass on, which Chicago wasn't, you, you get all the tires you can get because you got the best car. You could, you could drive right around them, you know. So we looked at it and said, well, the only way we're going win the race is to just get, we got two, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Blaney stayed out with, it they was, just got uh, gas.
0: I think. Uh, Blaney stayed out in Wimmer,
2: okay. Got two, and okay. we were third or
0: something yeah. fourth.
2: And what For was some
0: reason? I feel like I had to pass Wimmer really quickly.
2: That, yeah, you did. Yeah. And then it got to Blaney, and I thought, oh God, darn! Here comes Kansas, you know. But then Wimmer held up Kansas, and then we got by Blaney, and then Blaney held up Kansas, and we wound up winning the race. But that was that was all about having thinking enough of your race car driver that he he's gonna do this he, you know i mean he, he'll do this
0: well i appreciate that but no. i'll be honest with you when, most of the time when i'm put in a situation where i don't have the tires uh i mean it's just ne- rarely worked out yeah. you know and, and especially like from 08 through the hendrick days there were a lot of times when i would stay out or something in New Hampshire and man you know we've seen this work in the past. Yeah. And it would be miserable. Yeah. And I couldn't I was, I'm inside the car going. I don't know what else to do. I don't yeah. I don't know how to make That's This all I got. Yeah. 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 And uh boy, we saw this work last year but damn, we're falling like a rock.
2: <laughs> it may have been a really good tire too. You, you know, you may need have needed that, four tires.
0: Yeah. I I think the combination of our balance and the two tire call P- and the clean air yeah, we were faster at that moment in the race than we had been all day. No question. Yeah. And I mean, the car was perfect. I mean, Matt was a faster, but my car drove perfect. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what a uh, what a relief!
1: Oh my gosh! I can't imagine another win that was needed more yeah. at, that, at that particular time than that. that I did yeah. not.
0: I didn't think. Uh, I was embarrassed and ashamed at how we were running. I was embarrassed to the crew, right? You, and,
2: the, and the crew was embarrassed to you.
0: <laughs> I, I, I didn't mm. I didn't feel that, but yeah. you know, I, again, I don't know these guys as well as I did True. the eight bunch, but I am embarrassed that we're to them that we're that I we that we are not getting more results or this this is not going how we planned, and in that moment, man, I never thought that we were gonna have a the chance to to celebrate like we did. And man, that was a really cool
2: That was cool. Yeah. Them yeah.
0: coming out to the car in the grass and yeah. pushing it all in. Oh yeah,
2: that was um Yeah, that's a highlight of DEI for me, you know. Yeah.
0: I enjoyed a lot of things at DEI, but that was that one's different. Yeah. You know, because we were we were we were in a rough
2: spot. Yeah, and you put it but you put a check mark next to your name that day, you know. Yeah. Here's a guy that can do that.
1: So between the shock at Pocono and then the win at Chicago, healing started to happen. And then before the end of the year, if I remember this right, either Tony Gibson or Tony Jr. was back to being the crew chief. Am I, do I got this right? I don't think so. Okay. Um, did you finish the year as crew chief? I don't think so. Okay. I, but, so I, but, somebody, but I'm just
2: saying I don't remember. I got I'm, it. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, it, no, no. that's It's, fine. it's uh, by '06. I mean, this is 2005. 2006, you did Junior's have a new back. crew chief. Yeah. So, who, who was it? Tony Jr. Right. Oh. Tony Gibson had to be in there somewhere, though. No, Tony Gibson. Oh, Tony Gibson. Was out when 07. I, when, 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 that's right. When That's <laughs> right. When, when, when Tony Jr. It was Tony Jr. Yeah. Tony Jr. Took back over in oh six. Okay. So, the, so I, what I don't remember because clearly none of us really remember all that sequence and all that yeah. stuff. But then I was just curious, like, what happened to you?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't. Re- I don't recall. Yeah. Sitting on a box at Charlotte or Atlanta or. Anything yeah. like that? I, I I don't know. We'd have to look at that. I, that's terrible to say, but I, to, to me, to me, it was such a. You could feel the sigh of relief in the company when Junior carried us to the win at Chicago, and after that, it was just bliss. You know what I mean? We couldn't yeah. go wrong. You know, we yeah. had actually done something we really
1: needed to do, and. I don't know if we went other places and ran okay. I, I just don't remember. I don't remember
2: either. I, I just don't remember. I
1: don't remember either. I just remember everything before that. And I don't. I know you won't remember this because it's just a moment. But when I say that we needed that win, I, I, I just remember Indy. Do you remember Indy, the no. Brickyard 400? And you know how – Everybody, the, the way the team was just running, it was just kind of all, everybody felt embarrassed, like you said. The team was embarrassed, yeah, and you were embarrassed. We felt like team. we embarrassed him, and, and he felt like he embarrassed Indy, us. And then Indy, I think we ran like a bag of ass, and then and then you also have but the fans sit behind us, oh, you know, on pit road. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. And we crashed, and um, was early, that, early in the race.
0: Is that on the restart? We got run in, run over. I believe so. Turned into the wall. I, yeah. I, yeah, that's right. On, on the front like, stretch. That's Real right. Real bad chain reaction stuff. And, uh, and,
1: and, there. and you and I are walking to the garage. I'm walking behind you, and then there's people yelling behind, you know, from the from the pit road grandstands, and some dude uh, smarts off. And, like, this was a moment when I I, I could see you, and I'm like, Steve Mill may whip his ass. Now, but you, I did, didn't, I, you, I, didn't, you didn't go try to do that, but I'm like, boy, if he, he'd have every reason to. I don't remember yeah. what the guy said. Yeah. You didn't let it go without a comment, but it's like, this is when I felt like, man, this is, the team is at, the, at its absolute lowest right yeah. now.
2: I didn't, I hope I didn't embarrass
1: us. You absolutely <laughs> didn't know. That's when I actually got, like, that's when I was like, man, I, you know, we go to fight, we'd go to war with this guy. Yeah. This is, this is our guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. no, you didn't embarrass us at all. Nobody knows. I was, only I know it because I was just right there beside you. But that's when I said, going back to Chicago, when, if there was ever a win that was ever needed as much, I just, I remember how low it kind of got that year and not low because of any one thing, just as a team, everyone just kind of felt it, you know? And it was just, it was rough and you got turned into the fence. And I mean like, God, it was like the
2: world put a giant okay stamp on us when we were in Chicago. That's right. These guys were all right, you know?
0: Well, I think it wouldn't have happened if you hadn't have made the call you made on that final pit stop to take the two tires. Um, you know that was a. You had the confidence to make that call. You know, I say that because everything about everything that year had done. We had every reason to have no confidence to yeah. make those type of calls, but you and your, I guess your, uh, just the experience. Of, yeah, maybe of all those years, and you're like, you know what? We were going to win or run third. Wor- you know? know, what's the worst? <laughs> could
2: That's happen? right. Yeah, what's That's the right. worst could happen here? We'll run third. Yeah. you know.
0: And so you know that that. That was a pretty incredible moment. Also, I had remembered as a boy, I remember going with Carrie to the dash race at Daytona in 1992 and seeing you and Mark. And uh, I, you know, just always held, I uh, always had a lot of respect for you as a as a, as a a crew chief. You know, not only, you know, you come and you ran, a, you were in a manager style role at DEI for the most part. Um, but I'll, you know, to be able to, say in my career that I have won a race with with Steve was was pretty something that I didn't think I would ever be able to say you know for one because you well were, I'm
2: in the same position with you on that
0: you had moved yeah you yeah. kind of moved on from crew chiefing, you mm-hmm. know but to be able to say well damn you know I've done something that I can you know say that Mark Martin's done and mm. yeah Terry Labonte's done was pretty um fascinating for me I really enjoy. Well, I appreciate that. you saying it. I appreciate it more and more as I get older because of my my appreciation for history. I think grows, you know. And to have done something like that, I think it means more to me now than it even did when it happened.
2: It meant a lot that day, boy, it for did. sure. Yeah, for you, yeah, uh, you know, different. for me to work with you.
0: Well, so your you end up. Um, do you remember much about your last days at DEI?
2: Yes. What happened? I didn't like the management. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tony Sr. and I went to talk to Teresa upstairs. It was all set up, you know, and we presented. Tony and I were basically holding hands on everything we talked about. And we saw some things that really weren't going right. And uh, Teresa said she was going to stick with the leadership she had. And, uh, I saw some things that continued to be wrong, and I got too loud about them, and they fired me, hmm. yeah, which they probably should have, yeah, yeah. but it was, you I
0: mean, weren't, you weren't going to stand by,
2: you just can't do it, man, yeah. you, you know, you got, especially in a place like Dale Earnhardt and corporate. I mean, that, your dad hover, hovered over all of us, he, you know, I mean, just like, oh, man, oh, you know, I was, I, I got upset when Ty left, mm-hmm. And then I didn't feel like we had the proper management group in place. And then I saw things that were like, uh, man, that's, that's not how you race, you know. Being the old guy, yeah. you, you know, and complained about it too much being the dumb guy. <laughs> and, and they and they fired me. Where'd yeah. you go? Ganassi.
0: And then Ganassi and DI pair up.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that was awkward or?
2: Uh, I I thought it'd be okay till we got in the meeting. And there was probably, honestly, <laughs> fifteen people in the meeting, and uh chips at the end of the table. Teresa wasn't there, but you know we're we're just sitting in a f- table not near as wide as this, and in a conference room somewhere over that over there. And
0: uh where at?
2: At Canassie's. Okay. And uh, cause see the the deal about going to Bobby Ginn that was horrible. Yeah. C- cause the fellow that ran Bob again before we went in with them just said, guys, it's all yours. You know, honestly, actually said guys, it's all yours and walked away. <laughs> and, and so we're like, and it was two completely different cultures that applied to racing. And, and we, it never worked. But anyway, they, they, they came in and uh, everybody's talking. What do you think? How about this? Yeah, this, we'll do this. What about? And the two of these guys at separate times from Earnhardt stood up and said, the only thing I want to, Real clear on is DEI was a much better place when when Steve got fired. And I'm like, who said that? Uh, you don't have to say that. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. In a meeting t- that, that you're a, sitting
0: in, that was like a natural uh, uh, reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who the hell said yeah. that?
2: I one was sitting right across from me, and one was sitting down a couple, and they, they were
0: they said this with you in the room,
2: and they were people that ran departments or crew chiefs. Yeah, and I thought. Oh, and I just sagged. You know, I thought, really. I I mean, it's a mess. I mean, Junior's leaving. It's a mess. I mean, and then Chip said, "Well, I'll tell you this. He has come here and he's made a difference, and we run better, and we're going to be winning races pretty soon." And
1: I'm not going to. I'm not changing. So I appreciated Chip saying that. What were they trying to accomplish? Were they trying to get you fired from Ganassi? Were they just trying to set the expectation on who's running the this, who's going to run the competition? With this merger, they they didn't want me around,
2: so they're trying to get you fired. Yeah, because they talked to me after that and said, "Look, man, you know, dang, you're not the right guy for what we're trying to do. We don't like you. We hate you. You know, goodness. Yeah, you and must
1: have really had spoke your mind before you left the uh, EI. <laughs>
2: no, no, it wasn't anything about them. It was all about management. But but hmm. you, you know, and, and I'll tell you another really bad thing was. Speaking of how I didn't agree with management, you know, Tony Urie was senior. I don't, Tony Jr. had, I guess, gone to Rick's? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Tony Urie. Ten
0: races to go in 07.
2: Well, Tony Urie Sr. is down in the, what I call the bush shop, and I, I couldn't even tell you what he was doing at the time. But upper management at knowing that I had tiptoed forever not to upset Tony for, for good reason. I mean, Tony, were they was a lifelong friend of Dale Earnhardt.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they made me go fire him. Oh. Really? Yeah. I had to fire Tony Urie after, I don't know, approaching 10 years of making sure I never s- stepped out of line. You, you, you know what I mean? Not that Tony was a, an ass, but I always respected his relationship with Big D. I think... You know, there's a picture of Ralph over there on the wall. I think Ralph built Ralph Urey's yeah. engines. Oh, yeah. You, you wow. know, I mean, these are kids growing up. And I'm not coming in there and I'm not, I'll show you how this is done. You know, I never did that. And I didn't want to do
1: that. Yeah. And then they made me fire him. God, I, I didn't even realize. Did you realize that Tony Sr. got fired yeah. from the EI? I like think that's when, how that ended?
0: I yeah. feel like when that happened, we immediately – called him to come here. He went to work, yeah. Right oh, here, here? Here.
1: I think
2: so. Oh.
0: I, I, so did I he never right. work at Hendrick? No.
1: Nope. No, oh. no, he never. came here.
0: He came here and helped me with Brad Keselowski.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Boy, you guys ran good. We got lucky. No, he ran when good. He, when he was No, he's saying we got lucky oh. that he came, became available. We got,
0: yeah, when, we, when he became available, I was like, hmm, wonder how he feels about, you know,
2: coming here. But anyways, I... I I'll tell you this, when, at the banquet in 98 the number of people that walked up to Tony senior that were lifelong, the Tommy Houston's and the, which you could say that's kind of close family, but, but you know, all the people that, that had run Bush cars, late mile sportsman cars forever. that came up to the table where Tony was sitting at the head table and every one of them said, man, we enjoyed racing you, man. We, and Tony like, man, I loved it, man. I loved it. I'm a little bit nervous about what I got to go do now in 99. Cause we, did we run yeah. some races in 99 and, and, they were crying when they walked away and tony was crying when they walked away that that is a respected man and you don't take some guy who's i wouldn't say a proven outsider but somebody who wasn't in the crowd you know that didn't grow up with these people and say yeah you got to go tell that guy he's got to go my
1: god that's definitely an improper way of handling that situation however i think we could all agree no one pops like if there's a new if, if a company was going to go for better or worse say this is the direction we're going with this management team probably wasn't going to work with pops it may have been shot. relief yeah but yeah, uh, it I, didn't, I that, that yeah. didn't end well i wouldn't have wanted to walk up
0: that you know down there oh no
1: no no that that would have been impossible so yeah. it's a completely improper thing to ask you yeah. to do but um golly yeah who knows how that that wouldn't have lasted very long with pops there anyways
0: when you uh you left ganassi's you went and messed around with tony jr at swans i didn't know that
2: yeah i um Tony Jr.'s running that red 30? Yeah, I I I um I actually got – yeah, Dave Strammey called me, and he he had told me like the what, year he before. He was driving that car,
3: wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He, he
2: told me in uh, 10 that, man, I guess I got fired right before you came because we won them four races and ran really good and all that stuff. Yeah, well, that's okay. But he So he always talked to me. He talked to me in 11 while I was still living in Atlanta with Shane and my wife, getting him fixed back up as best we could. And then he called me in 12, and he said in, was it 13 when we finally did it? I got Sh- fired in 11. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, he said, I got this guy. He's got plenty of money. Okay. So he said, Will you go with me to Phoenix, and on the way we'll stop. it." And I think he was from Dallas. He said, we'll stop and check him out. Okay. So we go out there, and the fellow meets us, and he's a really, really cool guy. And we walk upstairs, and there's a room, pretty big room, bigger than this room, with cubicles in it. There's only one person working. And her name is on a piece of cardboard, <laughs> written on pinned pin to the wall of a cubicle. <laughs> so yeah, we do our deal. Yeah, okay. What about this? What about this? You, you want to work on performance or money? I said I'm not going to be here that long. Let, just just pay me, okay? All right, no problem. So we go and we, we, <laughs> we go to the. And I tell I, when we getting on the airplane going out to Phoenix. I said, Dave, I'm not sure about this. He, oh, he's in the oil business. Okay, no problem. You know, so we we ran out of money quickly <laughs> and there were plenty of decisions made about money that looked to me like it was just a party, you know? So shortly into uh, we went to Daytona and we went to Phoenix and I didn't go anymore. But Tony came like early in January, which I was relieved because I said, this is not long term for me. I'm going to try to get this thing up and run and see how we do, you know? And I don't know, a year or so later, it turned out that that, the fella didn't have a lot of money, yeah. you know? And I'm not saying that to prove I was right. It's just that that's how it all it's worked out, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you, after that, you had a midget team with Shane. Yeah. You set midget yeah, and team. had yeah. some good success with that.
2: Yeah. We ran good. Yeah. 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 Ran ran real good. And I was happy for Shane uh, until I got checking on what we were doing with mon- for money. And I said, hey man, where's my 401k? Hey man. Where-? Like, oh, you spent that midget racing. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm at the time, sixty years old. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. So then I said, we can't midget race anymore. We sold everything and and uh, went to work back home. You know, doing things, yeah. trying to get things going. But and it was it was very enjoyable. I had a great time with Shane. He enjoyed it, and we ran really good. I was I was happy with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now you're a grandfather.
2: Yeah, yeah. I turned around today and I thought, God, I need to take get that these two seats out of the back of my car somebody will think i'm ancient <laughs> <you know? laughs> so um what's that like oh it's fantastic yeah. yeah my youngest son tyler uh lives next door and i i'm there too much you know and i rile him <laughs> up too much you know but we jump and we drive out into the field out back and we've got like eight acres you know we're, we're not farmers but we drive out to the field out back and he helps me put the thinks he helps me put the corn in the deer feeders and, you know, we do all kinds of stuff together and we try to take them to lunch every Saturday. And it's just, it's just, and the little girl, she's cool as can be. She's really pretty. See, I only had an older sister, so I've never been around a little girl. And I will say I was shocked the first time I changed her diaper because I'd never changed a diaper <laughs> on a girl. I'm like, Holy yeah. cow, there's parts missing, you know, god! <laughs> oh and, 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 <laughs> and but, but yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of how you would ever be any happier than to have your grandchildren.
0: I can't imagine the difference between um, what it feels like being a parent and a grandparent. Yeah. And they say it's different. They say it's two different feelings, but two equally amazing feelings.
2: When you're a parent, when I was a parent, the sense of responsibility was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. When I'm a grandparent... You, you get can, all the good. You can parts. You give them back. Yeah, <laughs> you know? you can give them back. You get. You get but to it, have the good parts. To let yeah. them take over the tandem. But it's fantastic. I babysit. I change diapers. We feed them. I mean, it's it's a ball.
1: You know, That's Tyler fun. Mill was a uh, junior motorsports original.
2: Yeah, y'all got to take him on the submarine trip that he That's talks right. about incessantly. I saw yeah. pictures
1: of that trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, he would go on the navy. You know, I've been
2: in a I've been in a submarine. I'm like, yes, we know. You know
1: <laughs> I love Tyler. I mean, That's like, what, what an awesome guy. Uh, so, so Tyler's doing well. He's he, got
2: he how many kids? Two. Two? They'd like to have a bunch more, but we were smart enough to put them in a two-bedroom house. Yeah. Gotcha. That's about <laughs> how
1: that works. How's Shane doing?
2: Shane does well. Yeah, he goes to therapy. Uh, he's, he actually uh, has a line of torsion bars for open-wheel cars and uh, sway bars for— big car you know cars like yeah. we have and uh, he 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 doesn't build them you know he's only got the use of one hand but he he gets them built he manages it he gets them coded you know he sends out the invoices that, you know they've, they've sold a, a lot of stuff and I'm I'm glad for him cuz someone in that position would need to feel a value i would think yeah. he, you know
0: well i think he's been sharing with me about his sway bars and the all oh, cool. his asphalt stuff picking up yeah yeah, yeah it, it, it has picked up a it. lot
2: yeah and i appreciate you, you interface with him a lot. Oh, I, yeah. I thank you for that.
0: Yeah, he's, a, he's an old friend. Mm-hmm. Um, want to tell a story. So w- there's two things I want to ask you before I let, I let you get, get going. What would the phone call have to be for you to get go back into motorsports?
2: Oh, I just need a phone call.
0: You would come right your way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah You've still got something in the tank.
2: I'd like to think so, although I'm not young. You, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think just f- – from an experience standpoint, I could help somebody. But yeah, I'd be, if somebody called me at seven o'clock at night, the, the, I woke up at five o'clock this morning to come here. Although I, I admittedly got here late, but I mean, I, I, it's just vibrating. You go to see the cars, you know, are you are going to, I mean, it's like, my gosh, maybe they'll let me walk in there. You, you, miss you it. know, I miss it terribly. Yeah. And more than that, I missed the, I miss the competition, but mostly I miss the it's not ambiance. It's the uh, camaraderie. Camaraderie. Mm. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just to have a, you know, we did we ate together, we yeah. drank beer together, and we 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 did, you know, we bitched about airplanes, although we're riding on a thirty million dollar jet. <laughs> y, y, you know, I mean, that's so true. Yeah. Man. I mean, what's the deal? Why didn't they pull my rental car up? You know, but yeah. that's wow. that, it's like it's like it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. It's like high school basketball or football or you know just. To, just I to be part of
0: it. I thought I was racing because I love to win or I love to race another car or a competitor but what I ended up finding out is that what I really miss the most is trying to m- work with 12 guys to figure out how to make it roll the center in practice. Right. right. The part that I thought I actually hated yeah is the part that the part that was the most frustrating yeah sometimes the most monotonous yeah and um yeah, those rare moments, you God, know, you going know, to dinner yep. or having a you know having a good outing or something.
2: A hundred years ago when you'd close <laughs> the lift gate door at Atlanta, last race of the year, I mean, you're like, oh, what am I going to do? Who do I talk to? You, you know what I mean? Now you're going to go testing at Daytona and all that stuff, but it's still, we're not leaving next Thursday. You, yeah. you know, I want to get with my friends and go do stuff, yeah. you know. Do you remember taking
0: me uh, to your dentist? <laughs>
2: Yes. Yes.
0: So my favorite, my favorite Steve Mill story, I had a tooth giving me a problem, a real problem. We got to get it fixed. I need to get it fixed, and I'm waiting and waiting, right? It's a cavity, a cavity that turns into something a little more serious, and I'm going to need a root canal. And so I went to my dentist, and he's like, that's a root canal. And I left there without scheduling that appointment. Mm-hmm. And I go to Steve, I don't even think I went to you particularly to say, hey, man, I got to get a root canal. What do I do? We were just having a conversation. He was just saying, hey, what's going on in your life? I was telling you about this root canal Mm -hmm. that I was supposed to get, and you were like, what's the deal? And I'm like, hey, man, I'm scared. I don't want to go get that. And you're like, eh, it's no big deal. It's really not. Just like that. (laughs) <laughs> he's like hey i'll take you and i'm like what and he's like yeah i'll take you to my gaia we'll do it when do you want to go and it was literally like two days from now after work we're going to drive up to high point or wherever greensboro, greensboro and yeah and uh he drives me to greensboro or i drove myself met you there when we met we met mm-hmm. after hours mm-hmm. go into this office no one else in there guy lays could puts me in a chair G- gets in there and goes to work, right? Not a fr- not a problem. Get done. He he's like, oh no, big deal was it? I'm like, man, it really wasn't. <laughs> and uh, and I went home, and and that was the end of it.
2: And two weeks later, the dentist was arrested for practicing medicine without a license. I was like, F- you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. Dave, no
0: way. <laughs> I was like, holy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> I want to say like it was banjo. <laughs> yeah. I want to say though. So. You know, at all the things you've ever done on a race car or for anybody in racing, those are the things that matter the most. Something so so easy, but you you're like, any big deal? That's just fine. You're we'll not, get it. You're worrying about yeah. nothing. Yeah, But man, I was truly terrified. Oh, you know, and like anyone that's going to yeah. get a root canal for the first time. Well, you were young. Yeah, you know. I ain't got no. I don't have a parental. Right. Guide or like, you know, get your ass to the dentist. Yeah. Right. I could literally have winged that and went the totally wrong direction, right? Yeah. Lost the tooth entirely, whatever it might have happened, right? And um, and you, not only were like, "Oh, go on, go to the dentist. What are you doing? Come on, it's no big deal." You you set it up. You had me meet you at the dentist after hours, and the guy takes care of it, and I walked out. I don't even remember paying the guy. No, you didn't. Yeah.
2: Did yeah, you he, pay? he wouldn't charge Dale Jr. Uh, you,
1: he, I didn't pay it. I didn't okay, pay Okay. He no. just didn't charge Dale? He didn't. He, he's not going to charge about, Dale Jr. God dang. Only Dale Jr. Don't have to pay for a root canal. <laughs> so how about that? That's Well, it, uh, as you tell that story, it sounds like what a dad would do, right? Yeah. It sounds like a father figure. And, you know. A, a big brother, probably. <laughs> you know, Big, big much, brothers ain't taking anybody to the dentist. Yeah. Now, shoot, no. Yeah. No, that's an that, that's the that's the Steve meal that I've remembered from the DEI days, and that's that's yeah. exactly that's consistent for yeah. sure. I um I'll never forget
0: that, and I mean you know you it, for some reason man it's those it's those moments when somebody does something that simple that is the easiest things to appreciate. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a simple you know it, it's a simple thing, but it just says a lot about you know kind of character somebody has right and um and i know you remember that but i was wanting you to know that i think about that all the time i appreciate that even um, you. and i tell i've told that story on this show many times but i tell it to my wife even you know when when we're talking about you know she uh she had to go to the dentist the other day but i mean i've told her that story before about you know how man i was so worried about getting a root canal and and it really wasn't a big deal I had some dental work here recently, and it just reminds me of that. But um, Thank you. <laughs> it was something so silly. But it, who else was going to step up to the plate and do that? No one. Not me. No. <laughs> yeah, you were in there. Yeah. Where were you, Mike, yeah. with your tell, perfect teeth? Telling
1: tell you to rub some dirt on it. Where, get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> you were just like hell. That brings us to the actual part. Can you take Amy Earnhardt to the dentist? Uh, yeah, because yeah. that's what we wanted <laughs> yeah. to ask. You. If, if she's at all Ken worried, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was Dale's response to Amy needing to go to the dentist. So well, Steve will take
2: you. B- but it would be really good for me because they'd think I was like incredibly wealthy to have a lady that pretty on my arm. You, oh. you know, <laughs> so you know, and who's out. Uh, what's that old you guy can, doing? You know? Amy's gonna love you. I mean, that what, what an amazing,
1: <laughs> what an amazing compliment right there. I'm. Uh, it's exciting for
0: me to get guys like you in here. And here you say that you miss it. Oh yeah, terrible. Here, yep. And here you say that you would, you know, you would answer the phone right away cuz you know, I don't know. I I think the the sports better off with you in it. I think you absolutely you look amazing. I think you absolutely have value to 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 a program with everything that you've been through. And I hope that phone call happens and I hope you I hope to see you in the garage someday. That'd be cool. Thank that you would very be badass. much. Yeah,
3: I would love that. Yep.
0: Um, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming all this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed seeing you and missed you, and we appreciate you. You're a big ally for us here at, uh,
2: at the show. Oh, yeah. We pull hard for JRM. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. all
0: Steve Mill on the Dale Jr. Download. Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing, But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook,
3: TikTok, and Instagram.